Hey awesome nerds and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the podcast where we rewatch a show we really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concepts and characters could be used in different role playing games. I am your host Jeremy and I am joined by Meek who is rocking out on Freebird on Guitar Hero. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I mean, I played a lot of Guitar Hero back in the day, like a lot. I was actually was Freebird, Freebird was a good go-to? jet gonna be my girl oh, yeah. was a good one. yeah that was always a good one um i had a housemate actually that she used to play it way more than i did we had alternating like rosters so i yeah. worked during the day and she worked tonight and like i would come home at day and she would have just played it like eight hours straight oh yeah yeah Those, it was pretty amazing the good days of university life yeah yeah how could you tell that i was a student weird weird um, that it was very much a student <laughs> game i always enjoyed uh carry on wayward son that was, that was my go-to. Oh. Or um, Don't Fear the Reaper. Yes. Also good. Did you did you get into DJ Hero, the subsequent follow-up? I didn't. I always was holding out for um, getting the whole, like, rock band set. So, I had, like, a mm. second guitar and then vocals and then the, the drums as well. And unfortunately, I was playing it on the Wii, which didn't really have that many options for that. I also didn't have enough friends to actually do that but i i could dream we talk about gossip girl we are we're talking about gossip girl uh 2007 the um stephanie savage and josh schwartz show we are up to episode seven of uh season Ooh. one 17 candles uh and direct- jeremy has already said twice that this is the best show he's ever seen i think no 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 i believe i said those were pretty two- sure that's what you said i said that we've had two good episodes in a row and can mm-hmm. they do the hat trick? I didn't say they're the best episodes I've ever seen. They're the best episodes of Gossip Girl oh. I've ever seen, but uh, not That's so much of other television. And mm, yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to make it this time. I think this one's going to going to break their streak. Okay. Yeah. Large call because this is this is another lovely episode of the redemption arc, a la you know a certain antagonist uh yeah i'll give it antagonist he's not actually an anti-hero but we'll, we'll get yeah, into yes. anti-heroes and things in a in another yes. another session i'm sure uh because this is episode eight 17 they called episode eight 17 candles i think i said we we're up to episode seven earlier it's actually episode this is why i'm confused is it episode eight 17 candles or episode seven 17 candles or episode 17 17 candles does it matter it's um off the Classic John Hughes film, 16 Candles, mm. which Good everyone film. everyone should know. I have never seen. I'm assuming it's about Kate and hey. someone's birthday. I'm guessing you haven't either then. <laughs> nope, but I'm picturing one of those Freddo Frog ice cream cakes with 16 candles on it. Was that your 16th? You know what? It, it very well might have been, actually. I, I don't even remember my 16th anymore. I barely remember my 18th, but that's kind of a given. <gasps> I mean, my 16th might have been going to a Spice Girls cover band in, like, rural New South Wales. So you just factor in... I think, though, there might have been a photo from Cake and Bubble, or whatever, the, the party cake, the ice cream party cake. Again, for non-Australian people, you have no idea of what you're missing out on. It's so many, So many questions. So many questions about that, but we do not have time for any of them, unfortunately. <laughs> so um, for those interested, the plot of 16 Candles is Molly Ringwald, 
uh, if I remember correctly, plays the main character. It's her 16th birthday and she comes down and discovers that no one has remembered. No one even cares. Like her family doesn't remember. Her her friend does, if I remember correctly. But everyone else is just like, yeah, it's just another day. And it is that teen angst of do I even matter in this world that uh, so many teenagers do have. And I feel that this is, well, the fact that it's Blair's birthday in this episode is kind of the connection there, but otherwise not so much. um... I don't know. She's definitely forgotten. Like literally, Mm. although it's more of a conscious forgetting on behalf of a certain someone. She's still a main character. Okay. I, I didn't like this episode. It is all over the place in my opinion. It's just okay. weird. So, yeah, sure, we'll forget. Let's forget it either happened. How about that? Well, not all of it, because there is some pretty great stuff in it as well. There's some good stuff in it. There's Well, let's get into it. Well, it was okay. directed by Lee Charlotte Chamel uh, and written by Felicia D. Henderson and Joshua Safran. Uh, Joshua Safran, as we mentioned before, is currently the showrunner on the new Gossip Girl, which I believe is on netflix or something like that so obviously someone is going to stick around for a while and uh in this episode blair puts on a happy face for her 17th birthday party and attempts to hide the truth from her friends and what truth is she trying to hide (gasps) that her and nate have broken up because nate doesn't love her that's true but what else there's something else she's hiding i believe i believe Oh, that's right. That's oh my right. Gosh, the the, the final scene of last episode where she and Chuck... Her and Chuck mm-hmm. banged. The beast with two backs <laughs> in the back of a limo. Uh, after, it was a very tasteful back of a limo, though, post-burlesque evening. When Blair got on stage as well. So That's true. Which we get a nice little recap tasteful. in this first episode. And we did such a good job last week of not sharing our personal first time so let's continue that streak and just move on past (laughs) and move on yeah that's so good judging that last streak. that's uh kind of the the purpose of first times you just go yep that happened keep moving (laughs) acceptance just just don't go through the five stages of grief just keep going so of the stages of grief for your first time says so much okay this episode <laughs> of Gossip this episode. Girl though, opens in in somewhere far more uh, above board I guess to some it's true. people it's not really a burlesque or a limo it is in fact a church Yes, that's that's mo- that's as far away from a limo as you can get I feel because it is in fact a stationary building instead of a car sure Sure, and it's as far away from burlesque in the terms of like you know, well, I don't know. There's probably, I don't know. I'm not going to make there comments are, about religion. Yeah, we won't. And it, it's a quite minor Let's element of that. this episode. Um, Blair's basically gone yes. to confession, and yes, doesn't seem to be Catholic. Nothing. We well, actually, Gossip Girl says she's a wasp, uh, which is Protestant, yeah. not Catholic. Uh, so I'm not sure why. She, I, I feel that they just wanted to have a confessional scene. So sure. Because she does say, hey, I messed up. I did all these things. And please forgive me. Um, the priest is like, that's not actually all that bad. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. You had sex. I mean, that's probably not great. You aren't married. But just tell your friends about it. Like, that you. yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. 
Yeah. Um, and, oh, Why Blair okay. just didn't go to a teacher at school, I'm still confused about, but anyway. Be- because apparently it happened last night. I didn't true, realize that. That is true. I didn't realize this until halfway through the episode because she mentions that Chuck isn't like answering her calls and just not getting back to her about things. I'm like, it's been like six hours. Yeah. Like, just have some chill, Blair. You could, probably yeah, could have talked dad, his, to him before you left. Just like, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. But yeah. also, well done, Blair, on, on like shaping up so well so early in the morning that like the night after. Yeah, well, I feel that she's always got to have like a certain level of, of propriety when heading to a church she doesn't actually go to. Mm. Mm. Puts on her little fascinator with her little cage what? veil. Of course. It was very I, I, 50s noir. I was very I, about it. I really wonder, does she just have this on the off chance that she was going to go to church? I'd say funerals in church. How many funerals has she been to? I reckon a few. Like, because she would mm. be going to, like, the Vanderbilt great-grandfathers and stuff. And, like, you know, That's those hoity-toity. You know how the elite are. Jeremy, yeah, you know, like, with and- us. You know, we're always going to our hedge fund bankers for grandfather's, you know, wake. Of course. I I suspect that um, at least one of Lily's husbands has died um, during the marriage. So she's been to at least one of those funerals. Yeah, definitely. Probably not under suspicious circumstances, but who knows? Um, Lily's a black widow. (laughs) I am not casting any aspersions. Uh, We will find out later on, I'm sure. I have a lot of problems with this scene. Okay. Um, which is not good in the first introductory, like, 30 seconds of a show. Okay. Basically, if she's not Catholic, why is she there? Secondly, it's just an excuse for exposition, which we could have had Gossip Girl tell us all about, but, of course, they've got to... Oh, I've, I've forgotten something. This is a spoiler-free podcast for Gossip Girl, save for the one very pertinent fact that Dan Humphrey is Gossip Girl, which is revealed in the final episode, and we will be going through about why, well the proof that we see through this season of showing that Dan is Gossip Girl? Uh, or was it just a big ass pull by the producers in the very last moment? You make no. you be the judge, dear listener. Uh, so yeah, I feel this all of this scene could have been boiled down to just a narration from Gossip Girl. Okay. It, but it I plays feel like no role in the rest of the episode. Put yourself in Blair Waldorf's shoes. You've just had a crazy night. You've just, you know, done something a little bit crazy that, mm-hmm. you know, a little mm-hmm. part of you regrets, but there's a little part of you that doesn't regret. And mm. you wake up in the morning and you go, gosh, I need to talk this through with an, like a third party that's neutral. Mm-hmm. I know where I would go. Random church. That's right. That's where you go. You do your whole, yeah. whole setup and you go, right, random church. I'm already going out because I've got my little tradition of going down to the jewelers and um putting some stuff on hold just in case nate or her mother decide to to buy something for her or more specifically yeah. go in and decide see what she's already picked out which she yeah. again explains to um well i'm pretty certain his name is father exposition i'm not sure if that's a like a, <laughs> a actual position in the church or whether it's just one that was made up for this scene mm. Uh, mm. And it just there's one line I really love. Yeah. You don't grant birthday wishes, do you? I'm a priest, not a genie. And I only bring it up D- because genies. Yeah, it's a D and D reference. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's the hey, only reason I bring it up. That's what this and podcast because, is about, guys. Yeah, I like this priest. I enjoy this priest. He's the most most Maybe. interesting character in this episode. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. I'm going in early. I'm saying this is a bad episode and I did not like it. Coming in guns blazing. Yeah, it's just, oh, it's, no, oh, it's really? so much high school drama. It's not even the good high school drama. It's boring high school drama. Like, okay. it's all talking I'm going to save my defense for when no I get to a glass. Perfect. Of course, these people don't glass each other. Oh, this is why it's not Australian. So uh, my, my biggest question about this whole episode is why does Blair want an eight pack? Because she, this, what do you mean? Why does she want Blair back? Oh. No, okay. no, no. I'm fine Blair? with Nate wanting Blair back. Why does Blair want no. Nate back? Nate, dull boy, we... Archibald. No, 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 no. Because we've already established, right? Okay, so Blair's been with Nate for, like, forever, right? Since yeah. they were in diapers, it's been that they were going to be together. And sure. then... Nappies for uh, Australian we've already... listeners. Sure. Um, I'm a... Sure. Anyway, then... Then we've also found out that Blair is, like, inconceivably like has low self-esteem like she is so she comes across as all this aloof and like you know kind of i'll fight you facade but deep down she's just a timid tiny shy little girl and so the fact that she might be without her partner which is like the thing that has been stable and the same for her through her parents divorce through serena leaving her through all that stuff now he's gone as well she's going to be left to have to deal with her own self by like in her own head that's terrifying okay Okay, I'll give I'll so give all of that. That is all. Back. That that does explain why um, she wants Nate back. I will give you that. Here yeah. is a here is my problem then. Leighton Meester has these incredible amounts of charm and charisma. Like yeah. every scene with her is a delight. Yeah. And honestly, Blair doesn't look that shook up most of this episode. That's because she's. Have you not? Okay, so I played a bard <laughs> character. Let's bring this back to DD. I played a bard okay, character okay, okay. in my Damn. last game. Okay, okay. And this is exactly it was her thing that on the outside she was incredibly like exactly like Blair. Like she was incredibly abrupt and confident and like first do anything and could talk her way out of anything. But like pierced down through like two layers of hide and there was just a shell. And like as soon as any of those facades fell, done that character would have been done so every time blair's walls fall she's just she just yeah. collapses apart she falls apart yeah which we see in this episode the first time we see her finally collapse into serena's arms in tears the first time this whole series i thought she cried when they were in the park oh but that's a different kind of crying that was a friendship crying not a like oh that was okay a, like, it was a not a devastating that was like more of a cathartic okay. yeah that was more of a cathartic like Thing, oh, we're finally friends again. Like we, we see each other. This one today is finally like, like she's like that. I'm I'm done. Like I can't keep this up anymore. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's my take. That's my two cents. I I think it was a little underplayed still, but um, I see where you're going with it. So I'll I'll allow it on my podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'll allow Amazing. that interpretation. I think once you've watched the series four times, on the fifth time, you really get those layers, Jeremy. So if you just go back and watch that episode, just, like you don't watch the whole series, to be honest, for the context. So just watch season one to seven, then watch it again and again, and then on the fifth time, you, you'll get that resonance that I just gave you. Okay. Okay. So I need to go insane. Yeah. Cool. Uh, 
<laughs> when Blair leaves, Chuck shows up in his limo doing his creepy. I'm not going to get out of the. Okay, what is creepier? Would what would you find creepier? Coming out of the church and finding Chuck leaning against the limo, just waiting for mm-hmm. you, knowing you were there, or walking down the street and have a limo slowly idle by you as Chuck leans out the window and sh- and like makes comments about whatever it was he was making comments about. Like that he wants My to blow Waldorf to- in this scene, who is secretly a little bit in love with with Chuck, but doesn't want to like admit it yet. Yes, for the purposes but, of this analogy, then yes, neither. But, but one of them you don't like. Like one of the obviously she doesn't like the Chucks in the car. It's like if he'd been sitting leaning against the leaning against the car instead, do you reckon she'd have stayed and talked to him? No, but she's, she's again, she's, like, being, like, all, like, no, you don't, you know, you don't even know whatever you, blah, blah, blah. But she really, like, she's, like, hey, Chuck. That's yeah, the I'm subtext. Sure. I'm sure Stop Chuck her. is always about the subtext. Yeah, she actually likes me. It's fine. Yeah. He is yeah. this time, though. Legit. I, I don't know. I feel that if Chuck had stayed out, of, got it out of the car um, and leaned against it and not reminded her of the fact that it had sex in the back seat, because in the car means, oh, I've got to be in the scene of the crime. If he was outside the car, she might have stuck around. Just um, just offering some advice because Chuck's game here is really off. He's not good at talking to a girl. I f- it feels like this is the first time he's actually yes. touched one. And this is like, oh, look, we do the sex and now I talk about it to you. Yes, but why do you think Chuck might be nervous talking to Blair now? Uh because he's a creeper and can't talk to people. He has because no social he skills. he actually has feelings <gasps> for her and he's not sure how to express them yet. Arc building. I All right. I This is how much I dislike this episode. Chuck is the most likable character in it <gasps> to me. <gasps> That's saying something as I character. strongly dislike Chuck. Look, in this, in this first scene, he's still very much like playing the arrogant, like, you don't know Chuck Bass, but you see a couple of little chinks in the armor, and then as the episode goes, you gradually see those chinks appear until he just like melts. All right, all right. Well, let's keep going through the episode and see if if okay. I agree. All right. Um, okay. Speaking of melting, that Serena and Dan um, are kind of melting in each other's arms in a cafe, and the staff are actually commenting on this fact. It's an extreme public display of affection. Uh, and the staff being Vanessa. This is the cafe that Vanessa works at. Uh, and she goes yes. over, just kind of not realizing it's them, I don't believe. Yeah. Uh, she goes over to be like, you know, hey. She's got her I... back to them and then she turns around. Yeah. Yeah. And I do love when Dan sees her there and is like, Vanessa. And Serena's like, no, I'm Serena. I'm, Ser- I'm Serena, Dan. Dan, we've Serena. Been through this. Yeah, we've been through this. You just can't yell out Vanessa's name when we're making out. I know you've done it before and it was a mistake last time, but this time I'm fed up. <laughs> uh, I mean, I great. think, what, you know, super clever writing with this scene as well because, you know, they could have just picked any cafe in New York for, don't give me that face, they could have just picked any cafe in New York for these guys to be making out in. And mm-hmm. instead... They just happen to be in the cafe that it's Vanessa's first day in. Yeah. It's Isn't that definitely crazy? That's wild. it's definitely right down the street in Brooklyn from Whoa the loft. World. Because yes. they were they the Serena stayed overnight at Dan's place last night and now they're out for breakfast. Yeah. 
And it makes perfect sense. It's also really great that they only have to get one set now. Because this is the same cafe that Lily and Rufus went to a couple of episodes ago. Oh, I didn't pick up on that, but great, it's, good it's, eyes. It's like they're saving a lot of money. Look at you getting into this money. show. Uh, well, oh. they need to, well, for the, the fits. They need the money for the outfits, which I'll talk about. That's true. And the music too. So either way, um, it is super awkward with uh, the little triangle here. And I, I use this in the most accurate possible way. It's not a love V that is often called a triangle. There is a very deep, I, I'm going to say relationship, but it's an antagonistic relationship between Serena and Vanessa. For sure. And this For actually sure. makes it a proper triangle. Whereas a lot of the time it's like, I've got to choose between these two people who have never met each other. It's like, that's not a triangle. Yeah. yeah. This, this is, but it, it's super awkward because it, uh, Vanessa's trying to be, oh, I don't know that you two had sex last night because Dan wouldn't tell me um, anything like that. And it's completely normal, despite the fact that they didn't. And Dan's doing the same sort of thing and being like, but we didn't. So it's okay. And oh my God, it's. Yeah. How do two women yeah. find Dan Humphrey attractive is my, my question. If this is his, his normal conversation style. At least he's they just realize. Feeling orcs. He's just a little bit orcs. He's off his game. Yeah. Well, at least um, Dan and Serena both realize how awkward this is as well, and I think they just leave, if I remember correctly. Just chuck a runner. They hadn't ordered any food anyway. They were literally just in a cafe making out. Yeah, that's what you do after you don't have sex. You, <laughs> for the first time, <laughs> you go down to a cafe and you just make out in one of the booths. It's definitely yeah. um, not not creepy or weird. So, <laughs> not speaking. Anyone would think we're old and not teenagers, right? That's that's maybe, crazy. Maybe it's a Brooklyn thing. Maybe it's a Brooklyn thing and not an age thing. So we're still cool. That's but it's right. Because we're not from Brooklyn. That's right. right. It's Brooklyn I, that I is love right. That much more. Yeah. <laughs> is it me? Am I the problem? No, it's Brooklyn. Speaking of uh, returns to Brooklyn, uh, Jenny comes in to the loft mm. and she has brought uh, her mother back in the last episode. Hey. She... <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. We've got a dislike of her mother. We've got a dislike of Allison straight yeah, out of the game. I am not team Allison. Are you and team Allison? Her wavy blonde hair and her off shoulder embroidered top. Allison can go back to Hudson. Wow. Okay. Coming in strong. I'm fine with it. That's, that is yeah. fair. That is fair. Um, Allison no. is just like, if vanilla ice cream is a plain flavor, Allison Humphreys is like cardboard ice cream. I am going to say this is all Allison Humphrey. It's nothing to do with Susan Misner, who seems like a very nice, nice actor. Oh, uh, no. Play, yeah. This is absolutely Allison. not the, have, I, no, this is literally the, the character. Yeah. This character, particularly this episode, acts like she has not actually dealt with anyone else in the family before. Like it has been oh. years since she has seen her kids and her husband, rather than what yeah. might simply be like three months. Yeah. About like, a season. And I've got 
questions about the fact, I don't know if this comes up here, but I'm going to bring it up here anyway. I've got sure. questions about the fact that later on they're talking about, because, you know, we know from previous episodes that, like, uh, uh, Rufus rung Allison and a dude answered. Mm-hmm. And later on she's all like, oh, it was just one time. And I was like, man, no one night stand is answering your landline phone. No one uh, night no, no. stands. I think this this is a, a one night stand thing. I think this is a thing that happens in America. Like, people just pick up other people's phones. What? Yeah, if you're in someone's house and they're not around, they just answer the phone and go, hey, this is such and such's house. You're like, who the fuck are you? Why are you answering their phone? What? I don't think they do it anymore. I don't think it's like a, like above millennial like level generations. Thing. Yeah, it's a landline thing. And so, yeah, that tracks so, for me. Okay, anyone who's listening from the United States, firstly, hello, welcome. I'm sorry. But um, so you don't have kettles, but you answer each other's phones. Can you please at me about this? Because this is horrifying to me. Yeah, horrifying we, we definitely want to know this because i i'm going purely off film and television where someone will walk away as the phone rings like oh can you grab that it's like dude that's not your phone they don't want to talk to this random stranger so but i yeah, feel yeah, that yeah. this is just something that happens yeah okay yeah well i'll give Alison humphrey the benefit of the doubt <laughs> And that's what that's all Jenny is asking Rufus to do as well. I know. Poor um, Jenny. She just wants her mum, which I get. Yeah. I'm not hating on Jenny. Yeah, Jenny hasn't known Alison mama. long enough to realise that Alison's so beige. Yeah. I mean, imagine we realise we Imagine seconds. if she was... Imagine if Alison was Nate's mum. Like, he just would walk into a room and not see them. Like, they would just be camouflaged into the background. Nate's mother and Alison are, look, do look very similar. They actually do. That's very true. Except yeah, one this... ha- has like a boho eclectic feel and one has like an Upper East Side, you know, thick. This show does have a large number of blonde white women in it. I feel like it's a good thing they have a, like very different names. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Yeah. And <laughs> so Rufus is sort of willing to to make a go of it we've already had some problems with with allison despite the fact yes. that she's been in the show for 30 seconds now i'm glad My, you put yourself into that statement with a we by the way i'm so glad you made that a we statement it is a we do you not do you not have problems with with allison already i think i've made it very clear i have yeah. problems with allison humphreys already i just wasn't My, sure you were as you were as no, about it, so no I'm, great. I, I'm on board with this do you know why okay because after Rufus and Jenny uh, have their little discussion about how, you know, Rufus is going to give it a try, he comes out and you know what she's doing? She's making waffles. And that is very okay. clearly Rufus's thing. That's Rufus's uh, thing. He cooks for the family. And then she asks, yeah. hey, I didn't know I didn't know if you still liked waffles. Firstly, it's been three months. Someone doesn't just go off waffles <laughs> in three months. And secondly, do you not know your husband at all? If you know Rufus Humphrey in any way, you know that he loves waffles. Because they've clearly been together for at least as long as long as like Dan, as old as Dan is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, some some problems with with Allison right off the bat. It's not great, and I I love his line. Could Allison be? Hear me out. Could Allison be a doppelganger? Could be. Yeah, I feel it could not be a... Could, she could have been replaced by a doppelganger who was now, like, just reading her surface thoughts. And, um, mm. yeah, that explains a lot more. Mm. That explains so much. Okay, cool. 
Hey, Cannon accepted. Okay. Fake Allison. Uh, we don't know what original yes. Allison was like. Maybe she was nice. <laughs> Blair arrives home from from um, well, she she comes up the elevator into the um, the little lobby, the foyer. Is it a hall? I don't know. The penthouse has a, an interesting little layout there, and. Yeah. She's basically just moping about Nate. She's sad. She's just scrolling through her phone to to Nate's name and is like looking at it very forlornly as Eleanor comes in to bring out the paper being like, oh my God, can you believe this? The captain's being indicted for embezzlement and fraud. Mm-hmm. What time do you reckon he got arrested last night? Before the midnight press. Clearly, because they got that out really quickly, especially because they yeah. somehow got a photo of him and Nate and Anne going into the courthouse or coming out of the courthouse or something. Because That's from a previous, it's from them going to someone's wedding from like last, like a few months ago. That was a then, happy family. That was just for context. Then why does Blair say Nate looks so sad? Because he did. He was wearing a bad tie and she was <laughs> just commenting on his, on his well-being in that picture. Which was then I, reminding him of, well, if he felt bad when he was wearing that shit tie, he must be feeling real bad now that his dad's in jail or about to be in jail. I have so many problems with this because it's meant to be the day after. This is a huge problem. Time in role-playing games, I find, become a huge problem. A lot of the time it might mm. be, well, it actually just takes three days to get from someone to the other. But people do forget that something, that the last session occurred seconds after the, the new set or seconds before the new session. And yeah. they're like, but... But I don't remember what happens. Like, yes, but your characters would. This is why you should take notes. It's the same thing in the, in the real world where we are. It's been a week. And in the show, it feels like it's been a week. But it's actually only been hours. It's, yes. It's life doesn't go on hold. This is why I always try to leave adventures on it, like a sessions on a cliffhanger or just as combat starts. Because that yeah. way... Or just as combat ends, because people do now have somewhere easy you can pick up from. You can be like, yeah. we're just about to go into it's combat. It's like music. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't you don't finish mid-phrase in music. You finish at, like, the end of the phrase. Or, like, at yeah. a bar or a coda or just the fucking end. <laughs> that is the um, the general term of music when they reach the yes, fucking end. and it's I would just, know. Yeah. yeah. You know music. Yeah, I don't. Resident I'm bars. Like, I'm not a, a music person. As a technical, I think it's an Italian origin term, that one. Sure, sure. Le f- wait, la fucking end. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's kind of good that um. Well, Eleanor's more worried that this whole embezzlement thing is going to affect her business. To be yeah. fair, probably it will. Yeah, you probably shouldn't get in business with an embezzler. That's a bad yeah. idea. Uh, yeah. And as we said, Blair is just more worried about how Nate's feeling. Sad. Poor yeah. little mate. So we get a chance to have yeah. a look and see how he is feeling because we go to the Archibald residence, I assume, um, where yeah. the family's talking with the lawyer. Now, oh, yes, no, you're right. This, the, I was thinking of a different scene. Yes. Yeah. And the lawyer's taking it seriously. Howard isn't. Mm. Howard's like, no, what, this is all just like, oh. it's just people making up rumors to get back at me. There definitely hasn't been time enough for someone to write an entire article about all the things I've done wrong and all the, the charges against me. It's just made up. 
Well, also, let's be real. There is a quite a high possibility that uh, the captain is still on drugs. That's or on true. more drugs. Or That's true. Like... <laughs> Like I, I don't know much. I don't know anything actually. Let me let me correct that. I don't know anything about you know substances. But I would assume that if you go from taking them twelve hours ago, you don't suddenly go to not taking them twelve hours later that quickly. I'm also impressed that uh, last night he basically king hit uh, Nate in the face, and there's yeah. not a blemish on that perfect face right now. No, he is quite happy to just Your be wounds. like. It's amazing. I know he he's fast healing. That's his um his superpower. That's one of his few. It's so he can process all the marijuana he smokes real fast. And Nate Nate seems to be the only family member taking it seriously. The lawyer's like, yeah, you need to just calm the fuck down, just get sober, Howard. Um Nate's like, Well, what if what if we there was a plea and everyone shuts him down? The lawyer's like, uh, I get but it, his mum and dad is like, No, no, this is for grown ups. Go away, Nate. Run along. Mm. Mm. I mean, I, I kind of approve because Nate is a child. It's like he is a seventeen-year-old mm. stoner who should not be involved in these conversations. But he mm. actually has more sense than both the adults. I feel like the lawyer should be like, "No, your your very pretty son is right. Just stop." Look, I, I bring it up because there is no way that Nate is Howard's kid. <laughs> Ooh! I know. Big call. That is a big call. Uh, speaking of parents and parentage uh, Dan mm. arrives home and finds the other three Humphreys making or eating the waffles and yes. he is stunned to see um, Allison there and immediately points out how fucking weird it is that they're all just sitting there mm. like nothing's wrong yeah and yeah it is super weird yeah like it's super denial of we're just, we're just not going to mm. talk about it right now. It's fine. It's fine. We're yeah. just letting it go. Let yeah. it go. Yeah. Let's just uh, enjoy but, this moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's revealed that the Jenny knows about the guy in Hudson um, mm-hmm. and a little bit of like, well, I overheard you and Dan talking about it. And Rufus is like, well, Dan overheard me talking with you, Alison. And it's like this whole thing until Dan has a, a big melodramatic sulk and storms out of the room. Because that's how yes. Dan usually exits rooms. Yeah. And again, In a strong manner. Again, there's this evidence that it's a doppelganger rather than the real Allison. I, I love that you came up with this theory, what, like 10 minutes ago, and I'm already fully on board with it because of stuff <laughs> like this line where Rufus has to tell, like, she gets up to go after Dan, and Rufus has to go, no, no, it's better to let him wait for a little while. And like have his sulk and his manly tears, and then you go in to talk to him, like Rufus always does. Um, yeah. And Alice is like, "Oh yeah, I knew that." It's like, did you, did you know how to deal with your son who you I have raised? Mm-hmm. Like, so so many questions. Like, mm. you know what? The doppelganger is doing a really good job of covering because no one seems to suspect. Well, probably because Allison, you know, even I would imagine even non-doppelganger Allison is shades of beige as well. So, you know, it's like when you're trying to decide between ecru and eggshell. I, I don't know. Is yeah. she? Is she that? She can't be that beige. I mean, Rufus chose her over Lily. Okay, but here's the thing: 
Yes, but think about Rufus is a rock star, right? Yeah. He, he wants to be the center of attention. Now, if he goes with a Lily of the world, uh, yeah. Lily is going to share some of that spotlight, if not take some of the spotlight, especially at like a, you know, particularly prestigious event where she's all glammed up. Whereas yeah. with Beige McAcrew next door, Eggshell McGee, um, she's just going to wear like a rectangle piece of shift in, in some kind of like warmer beige color. No can, one's going to notice. Can we go back to the beige... Mc, what was it? Beige McGee? I don't know. Yeah. And you give me grief about Raggedy McGurchin waffles. <laughs> yeah, but mine's mine's not weird. But mine everyone isn't weird either. Okay, look, mine, she's Raggedy because she's poor. That... I don't know if we've established that the Humphreys are poor. <laughs> the Humphreys are. We haven't talked about this episode, but the Humphreys are poor. No. That's right. No, it, it doesn't show, come up in this episode that much. Um, so it's it's kind it's of. It's just implied poorness in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, we just have to remember it, um, mm. which there's a lot of things we're meant to remember this episode. It's, it's tiring. It's very tiring. Like, we were supposed to, we have to remember that Vanessa and Dan and Serena are a whole thing and, like, they're friends or Dan's friends with them and he told her about the sex because, I mean, Blair remembers. Blair's useful for mm. us. Um, and sh- mm. she's picking out clothes for the party and Serena is there also. Um, so Blair seems to be like, I... I don't really like Cedric the the lonely boy. Um, that's that's Dan for for new yes. listeners. That yes. she can't believe that he told the, this is again confusing. Blair can't believe that Dan told Vanessa about sex with Serena. You see what I mean about yes. high school drama and bullshit? Yes. It's like yes. four I layers like for that. Though, this is this is how this is life. I literally had a conversation of that same like structure today amongst adults. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I I can't even remember what Blair's advice was to Serena this time. Probably talk to him. My notes say that it wasn't good. I wonder if Blair's advice is ever good. Like she had a a moment last episode where she's like, "Hey, maybe you should communicate about about how you're feeling." It's like. That's great. What did she do this time? Oh, yeah. Make sure that you are more important to Dan than his best friend from childhood. That's just how yeah. how girlfriends operate. Yeah. It's it's a pecking order, right? It's about this is a point system. And so if you want to be with someone, you have to have a certain number of points. And if someone comes along that has more points, well, then they are going to be a better fit for you. So you're going to get rid of this system and then go with this system. So in that case, is Serena or Nate Blair's like best friend who who comes before all others? Oh, well, that's different. A friendship point system is different to a like relationship. I see see. because yeah, and I'm talking about a monogamous like point system as well because there's other point systems. I'm sure. I have gone on the record before as being someone who usually just ships two women who are close friends in in shows like this um yeah i have said i think even on this very very podcast saying that you know maybe there's a bit of history between serena and blair i do not believe that anymore yeah there's no No. weird lesbian engine between them at all no no because they're frenemies as well like they they're like um what's it called when there's like you know how like the clownfish needs the sea anemone to live and like you know how there's those other fish that need the sharks to live because like, like the remorse, shark, yeah 
No, but there's a, when they like, not symbiotic relationship, when they like, I teach this in fifth grade, so I probably should know it. Parasitic? No, no, it's different to parasitic. In, interdependence? In, sure. Into co- codependent? Sure. I don't know. Anyway, the one thing needs the other thing, and they don't take away from each other. They complement each other. And together they uh. make a sea anemone and, and a thing. So that's like Blair and Serena. They are like the shark and the sucker fish. They need each other to, you know, make the ocean beautiful. But then if one of them falls apart from the other, it just all goes to shit. I feel that in this metaphor, Blair is the shark. And And Serena is the sucker fish. Yeah. And I'm pretty certain that if they go apart, the shark eats the sucker fish. Because sharks it could, but then also everything. the shark. But then the shark might regurgitate the suckerfish after it's had a moment to think about the fact that maybe it needs the suckerfish more on the outside than on the inside. Someone's got to clean up my shit. Is pretty much the the <laughs> reasoning there. I was saying earlier that Blair and Serena probably have never hooked up ever. They are very platonic girlfriends in this scene, though. Mm. Like, yeah, Blair's. Uh, Blair's talking about Nate and Serena's talking about Dan and they're offering each other advice and they just have a nice little hug. And I think he actually yeah. says, hey, you're such a good yeah. girlfriend. And it's like, you know, that's nice. Yeah. This is this is the female friendship I want to see on my show. Yeah. And what I really like about the realism is this, is that they're like, Serena's giving Blair advice, Blair's giving Serena advice, and neither of them are going to listen to each other's advice. No. Because it's all just not. an echo chamber. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how it'll work. That, that's why that I like tracks. the realism in this show. It's great. It's exactly how you should have an episode like that. Um, well, it's mimicking so, real life, so, you know. I don't know. I don't no? know. I'm not oh. sure. You know what? If you live from in the Upper East Side or in Brooklyn, message us. Um, let us know just how accurate Gossip Girl was to your experience of growing up, and then we can come back and, and check that one. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, now, it was very, you know, true to our experience, but so, we certainly. want some other Upper East Sider experiences. Yeah. yeah I, this Would you is... like to continue on with this episode so you're not filming, so we're not doing this for four hours? Should I stop interrupting? <laughs> I thought you were going to give me grief for taking too long then. So I want to talk about the next scene because this is one that actually I feel, apart from all of our random tangents onto, onto Dungeons and Dragons occasionally, I feel this introduces an element which is a really cool MacGuffin for D&D and just any, any RPG, basically. So Nate's lying there listening to his music. I wasn't paying attention to what song it was. Something indie from the mid-2000s, probably, knowing um, Stephanie Savage and Josh Schwartz. And comes along and is all like, oh, I was looking for you. I was calling you for 20 minutes. And it's like... You could have just walked in and found him. He's not what the tracking chip in his neck hasn't um hasn't activated. You can't find him in your own house. Anyway, uh, she wants him to give Blair something special for her birthday, and basically mm-hmm. the the Vanderbilt ring that we've seen a couple of times now. Mm-hmm. And I'll go through the whole scene before we talk about what I I like about it. So mm-hmm. Nate realizes that the reason. Uh, it's like it's like he's not going to do it. he's not going to propose because they're 17 years old and that it's way too young mm. to get married and basically he also realizes that his mother is getting him to do this so eleanor feels indebted to them to stay with howard's company for for whatever business mm. business with a cap business 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 numbers kind of um thing that they're doing together yeah and he's like no get fucked i'm not doing that that's not cool um mm. and 
his mother's like, hey, yeah, that's fine though. It's just just what happens in in these situations. So Nate's like, we broke up. And again, we're stuck with one of Nate's parents telling him, no, get back together with her for the family. Yeah. And the really fucking shitty thing is when Nate then refuses and blames him again for the state that the family is now in. Yeah. It's like, seriously, Nate, you have the worst parents. Your parents suck. The worst. They are pretty terrible. Oh, they're so bad. So the the bit of this scene that I do like is the idea of the ring. That mm. it is this the treasure and items of value and importance in the game don't necessarily need to be like big swords or piles of gold or or anything. No. It can it doesn't even have to be magical. It can just be something that is important to the characters in world. Like What's the significance of this ring? It used to be a Vanderbilt. It's like, it, it used to be a Vanderbilt, owned by a Vanderbilt, I should say. It wasn't actually a member of the family. And now it's the soul been, of a Vanderbilt. It's probably now got it a lot a of souls. I think we went over this before. There's a lot of souls in that ring. It's a lich's phylactery if I ever saw one. But the importance of it is what it means. It's basically the signet ring of, if you have this ring, you can prove something about the plot. You can prove something oh, about yeah. the people in the world. And I really like that idea that the ring itself is just a, a hunk of rock or a hunk of metal, I should say. It doesn't actually matter. What matters are the actions of the characters who have it. Mm. And yeah, I love that idea for, for role-playing games because MacGuffins too often are, well, you've got to go and get this thing. And they try to give it a, a tactical, a tactical, a mechanical value a mechan- mm. mechanical element to it. It's like, oh yeah, but it's also a sword that can shoot fireballs or something. It's like, well, it doesn't need to. It can be the king's sword. And without that, maybe the kingdom doesn't run. Maybe he's yeah. not allowed to to vote or something without the mm. sword because kings vote. This is how <laughs> democracy works. I know, I know governments. So that's my wow. little, my little um, RPG storytelling idea that you don't need to have super magical powerful things to have interesting character traits you just have something that means a lot to the characters uh and Mm. make force them to make choices like nate does he's got this thing that he has to make the choice does he give it to blair and stick with his family or does he not and stick with his ideals yes yeah absolutely um yeah i don't have anything else to add to that i was going to add something snide about the couch but i feel like you went on such a beautiful poignant like actually relatable you know knowledgeable discussion i don't want to dumb that down so look the couch wasn't as good oh yeah i got a point this time the couch is not half as good as the couch in in chuck suite that is well i was gonna ask if the couches are related like were they made at the same smiths and so maybe this is like a cousin couch i don't i don't think it's a cousin couch at all i feel i mean it's connected uh i believe they can be connected you can have a mimic that pods off and creates like a new little mimic yeah that's why i want to do a one-shot set in ikea so so many ikea mimics the ikea building itself is just one big mimic it just lures people in the i i think that um the archibald's couch might be the grandparent of uh of chuck's couch i feel Uh, it's more of a a classic that fits that checks out yeah I'm trying to think of a segue for um, for Blair Googling. Well, not Googling. 
well, here's another element of why this show is so weird. In the time it has taken for, you know, overnight, Blair Googling Uh Archibald embezzlement into not Google or maybe Zowie or whatever she's using. It's literally called, it's literally called search. Because they probably didn't have the money for Google or whatever. But they have money for someone to build a web page. It's called search. I can make that web page by the end of this podcast. Did, is it called search or is it just like a big search in the search bar? Like, you know, when it's like the, the grey text saying this is where you type No, 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 like the actual web page has like, it's like blue, I think. And it like, actually, I have it. I can, I can check this because we are, this is how thorough we are to our art here. At oh, I'm going to put screenshots up on, on the Twitter account. Oh, amazing. Well, we'll just do that then. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this is my point that she Google, she searches this because that's yeah. definitely a, a verb and yeah there's like there's page upon page upon page of results like i can believe that one paper has covered it well enough that they've got an article ready to go and it's made front page news apparently in new york it hasn't like yeah you know there's no there's no wars going on we're not going to worry about that nothing to do with the president he's a freaking uh, vanderbilt is he no he's not he's an archibald well but no but like in terms of the family trees combining, this would be like a Kennedy. Mm. Okay. No, no, it would. It'd be no, like it would a Kennedy. Be like a, it'd be like a Vanderbilt. It would exactly be a Vanderbilt. If he's a Vanderbilt, it would be like a Vanderbilt. I'm not saying it's not going to make front page news. I I feel that it's going to make like below the line front page news, like the, the broadsheet. I mean, it's not a it's not the Could New have York been Times. A slow day. Could Maybe. have been a slow day. The internet has page upon page upon page upon page of results for her to read. It's like yeah. that, I feel, is a little bit... Un- it's not just links back to the same article. It's just everyone's got a comment on this that somehow they've managed to churn out in 2007 when the internet was really slow in these like these 12 hours since he was arrested. Mm. Was there a press conference or something? Like, as far Maybe. as we know, he was just arrested for hitting his son on the street. They didn't know who he was. They were just stopping him for this reason. And suddenly there's this huge other thing that's getting... I have some problems with... Um, with. Uh, it's fine. Maybe it's Blair fine. just has... She just has access to sources that we didn't even have. Like, she had subscriptions before we had them. She probably, it's true. you know, had contacts. So, again... Totally checks out. <laughs> yeah, she's got that rich people internet that the rest of us couldn't use. Yeah, yeah, like those people here in Australia that are lucky enough to have node to the you know house. Oh, you're so fat because you've got fiber to the house. Don't let the rest of us with our with our little boxes slow you down. I'm not even. I'm not going to yes. touch that one. Okay. Um, so, uh, her googling is interrupted by Nate. Uh, he calls yes. her. He he's walking along the street, and he's got the ring. He's got the box with the ring in it. Um, yeah, and basically, which is super clever. Like a like priceless family heirloom, just mm-hmm. walking openly up Upper East Side, just like with a fidget, like a fidget spinner. Uh, I'm pretty certain that no one on the Upper East Side is going to mug him. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, mate, hopefully not. Hopefully yeah, I, not. I was mugged in Midtown, Upper East Side. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. Um, you're going to be safe, particularly when you're an Archibald. Mm. At this point, it's mm-hmm. like you might get some some people in um, in I was going to say turtleneck swaggers, but in Argyle 
are going to make fun of him or something for being an Archibald, but they're not going to mug him. Uh, and he's mm. making an attempt to get back together with her. He's like, hey, maybe we were too hasty. And um, Blair's like, yeah, maybe we were. I'm not sure. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> and Blair, of course, playing it super cool about how how um, desperate she is to be back with desperate, him. Desperate, yeah. Uh, and he's just like, well, I tried. Bye. <laughs> He's trying to get on the phone as fast as possible. Being like, yeah, that saves me making a decision. Thanks, Blair. And, yeah. Uh, she very much scrabbles to get him to be like, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Let's give it a choice. Uh, and he's like, all right, cool. I'll see you at the party tonight. And I've got some, I've got something very special for you, is his line. Yes. And then looks down and like, please don't say mm-hmm. your penis. Please don't say your penis. Because. No. Nathaniel wouldn't do that. No, Nate is a much more of a gentleman than, um, say, Chuck. Because that is what Chuck would say. Maybe. I feel that, that you know what, we're not going to get in Chuck right now. So um, okay. Blair, doesn't, Blair doesn't really get a chance to, to find out anything else. She's like, cool, see you at the party, bye. Uh, hangs up mm. on him and immediately calls the jewelry store to see what has been picked up for her. And she discovers that a necklace has been picked up for her. This is um this is very good news for her. And she okay, she thanks God, which is basically the only callback to the, the um, the introduction oh. scene. She's just taking a leveling cleric. That's all that is. That's someone who's like, you know. 10 levels druid and then goes, you know what though? Let's just get one of those sweet, sweet levels in cleric. In what world is Blair Waldorf a druid? Oh, no, I'm just, I was like hypothetical. No. Oh, okay. Clearly, clearly. Sure. (laughs) Clearly a rogue, I think. Yeah, she's definitely a rogue. I'll try to do some art or do some character sheets or something for all of them. That sounds like a fun thing for me to do. (gasps) Fun. Yeah. Maybe on Sunday. Uh, so what happens next? I can't even remember. Uh, God. Uh, then we see Dan having the awkward conversation with his mom. Oh, yeah. Where she's like, why are you angry? And he's like, well, it's not just because you slept with someone. It's the fact that you left. And then it's the fact that you left and didn't come back. And then it's the fact you just didn't like talk to us for like, I don't know, three months, mom, while you were so far away in Hudson. It's like you went all the way to Woodbury. It's past Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Look, um, it, it is much yeah, further than Woodbury. Yeah, and she's just like, it, it is. Look, it is a bit further than Woodbury. That's, that's, that's totes my goats. I'm, I have so many questions about this. That mm-hmm. he, he's just, the one thing I believe is that he's mad that they, she left them. Yeah. Like, she basically abandoned her children, which is fine. Rufus is a great dad. Mm. Mm. But she didn't talk to her children. She doesn't seem to particularly want to either. Like, she's happy mm. for them to come up and visit. And I can totally see Dan, who does speak his mind pretty much to anyone, being like, what the fuck? Yeah. 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 And especially he's saying, hey, look, Jenny's going through stuff. Jenny could mm. really use you around right now. I mean, we can... Yeah. Uh, like, I am not a substitute mother. I am not good at these things. And Rufus... Rufus is worse. Great waffle cook, though. 
fantastic waffle cook. You can't argue with amazing his waffles. Amazing waffle cook. No, his pancakes are all right, waffles. but but the rest. That's um, the waffles. His also problem is that Rufus is madly in love with Allison for some reason. I'm not sure if we really get much of a. That feels like a um, inferred thing rather than than actually seen, but sure. And I don't know. I'm wondering if Allison's actually his mother. I'm wondering whether Rufus knocked somebody else up and he was dating Allison and the the other woman dumped Dan on the doorstep and they just decided to raise him. Uh, look, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I think, I think that's, I think that's maybe possibly long straws. All right. All right. It just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not seeing it. And because I think in this show as well, they would have been like, that would oh, have been have a done whole it. separate like yeah. episode. Yeah, that would have been a whole arc if it turns out that Dan's, yeah, yeah Alison is, um, is not really his mother. Uh, anyway, yeah. he storms off again. Uh, he heads off and Jenny decides, you know what? I might, I might just um, go out too and leave the two yeah. of you to talk because, yeah, sure. Way to go. Wink. No, you guys Super have seen that. That was a, yeah. I keep forgetting that this isn't a, a, like a visual thing, but I just did a very disgusting wink. It, it was pretty disgusting, but it does nicely uh, segue into uh, Nate and Chuck talking. Uh, since yes. Chuck is and quite often here disgusting. is again the okay. start of the redemption arc. The start. I, I will give you that. This is the scene where I started to like Chuck because he's all nervous because his friend's there and he knows he fucked up, but he really likes this girl. Yeah. And he knows it was bad. He knows he should have done it to his friend, but oh my gosh, does he love her? If we'd does he had love this, her? If we'd had this Chuck from the beginning, I'd have been on board with all of it. Maybe not the sexual assault. Yeah, but... Let's not go crazy. What a, no, no, no. But what a boring... Like, you need to not like someone to like someone, right? Like, every good love story no. starts with hate. Okay, yes. I'm pretty sure that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's in it's written in like a whole bunch of places. No, I mean, much ado about nothing. That's all about uh and love and hate. This is my problem that okay, it feels very much there's a, a thing that mm. I talk about often with friends, never on the podcast yet, that there's an A couple and a B couple in shows. And the A couple okay. is always the will they, won't they, it's the drama, it's the breaking up and getting back together, it's the Ross and Rachel. And then yeah. you have the B couple and the B couple hook mm-hmm. up really early on and they are together forever because they don't get the drama. Mm-hmm. They get like occasional drama and things get in the way and there's some obstacles, but they are a solid rock for the most part. Mm-hmm. And you see it in things like Scrubs. It's like Turk and Carla are mm-hmm. the B couple and they're going through their own mm-hmm. stuff and they've got their own issues, but mm-hmm. you can generally go, this is a bet. This is the ideal relationship that the A couple is trying to work for. Mm-hmm. So mm. in in Gossip Girl, mm. Dan and Serena are shown sort of the A couple. They're our protagonists. Mm-hmm. They're the traditional A couple, and mm-hmm. there is no B couple. But they're trying to jam Truck and Blair into that that format, and it doesn't work well, because was... Blair until until now Chuck has not been likable enough to be the B couple. Mm. I mean, I would say the B couple has been. Uh, Nate and uh, Chuck's couch. True. <laughs> Look, let's not get up to what, let's not talk about what he does to that couch. 
Um, no, but I think that what this is doing is this is, I know you said A and B, but I think what's happening is there's just going to be a slight change of power. So this is just preparing for the takeover where couple A is going to get real old and boring real fast. And yes. then the good couple that we actually want the whole series to be about that I'm only really invested in are going to come front and center. Yeah, right. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, a problem that often comes up in ens ensemble shows where it's there's never really an A, B, C couple. It's just kind of everything. Everyone's mm -hmm. jammed in together in a weird incestuous soup. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like this scene. Um, I think it's good, even though... Do we see the couch? I'm sure we see the couch. We must. Uh, well, there's a little Easter egg. I love the little Easter egg. And, well, it's not really an Easter egg, but there's like a little... Did you... You probably, I don't know if you remember. There's a little detail where when Chuck comes and sits at the bar stool, when Nate comes in, he moves a little something off the chair. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. I don't. I have no and idea like, what you're talking I don't about. Oh, okay. So there's, like, there's a thing where he's like... Because he's like... Well, because... Okay. So he's like psyching himself up and then he goes and sits down. And then you see him very gently, like there's a little like, little like bag, like a little gift bag. Oh. And he goes and like, and hides it on the chair because you know what's in the bag. Oh my gosh. That is so well done. Very well done. Isn't it? Isn't it? Well Isn't done it? show. Show. That, and see, okay. again, Jeremy, if you had watched this seven or eight times, they're the little things that add the layers to this show. Mm. It, it it makes me appreciate the, the this detail scene and the, the rest of the episode not so much because we're gonna have other problems but no that's really good because we already know that definitely nate isn't the one that went and got the necklace i mean it could have been eleanor so he's hey good little back-to-back -back of chuck was the one that did it but anyway nate nate is quite basically explaining his dilemma that he's he's in a pickle it's not mm. great, Nate. Mm. And Chuck is like very cautiously probing into him, being like, "So, so, what do you want to do about Blair? Are you going to get back together? Because if you don't, I don't want like have a shot. I'd be not. I mean, I don't. But, but I mean, if you did, and he's not even like that. He's it? like, oh yeah, you don't want that, dude. You guys, it's done. You don't. Yeah. And and Nate what? calls on it. Nate calls on it. He's like, what? What the hell? What happened to Chuck? Just hit it and quit it. It's like, what's this, what's this, uh, move on bullshit? What, who's this guy that I don't know anymore? Mm. Um, I, yeah, he does. I don't know. I think Chuck's got a point. They needs to get over it. He and Blair, they're not toxic. They're just not anything. No. Again, if Allison is beige, then, then Blair and Nate together are like, I don't know like a little bit of a grimy window yeah. that like can just blend in. No, that's not great. Maybe they're just like camouflage blended into like a bush. They're wallpaper. A mallard. A wallpaper. Sure. Sure. Uh, and speaking of wallpaper, we get, um, well, everyone arrives at Blair's party, uh, which is apparently Japanese, Japanese theme for some reason. Yeah, let's not let's not talk about the appropriation in this episode. Let's just yeah. acknowledge that it's there. Let's just acknowledge that it's there, and that I'm very sorry that it was. And moving on. I mean, should they just hired some sushi chefs to to come up to an apartment? Yeah, and... there's also the costumes. Oh, the costumes! The costumes the, the like... worst part, and the yeah. anime, and the 
yeah, yeah. Look, look it's not it's not te- it's not terrible it's just a bit of like a, a, it's, it's very much like people who have money like it's but look we talked about the same thing with eleanor's moroccan yes um, like it's a theme. clearly that's the thing in the upper east side a theme is just a location which is one step up from my personal hate which is where people say color is a theme like i have one of my pet hates in this world is when people have a wedding and you go, oh my gosh, what's the theme for your wedding? And they say red. And you say, no, 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 that's a colour. What's the theme? You don't say that the theme of, of Mice and Men is like turquoise. You don't <laughs> say that the theme of Lord of the Rings is like orange. A theme is not <laughs> a colour. And when I was when I was getting married, it used to drive me insane where I would have full on, like I would back people at wedding expos who would try and tell me that blue was a theme on invites. I was like, blue is not a theme. Blue is, a, blue is a color that you might use for a theme of the beach or calm or, or you know, it's seaside. A yes, it is not a theme. Yes. And that's what really grinds my gears. If you're thinking so, about getting married out there, friends, color is not a theme. It's for beige people. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just not. It's just not true. So... I, I didn't I didn't realize this. I think it's mentioned in the scene that this is apparently um, one of the sidekicks' brothers' place. Yes. That yeah. They apparently just got. He's quite happy with just yeah. like moving out entirely to host. Let's be real. Some... It's probably probably some uni student older brother who's probably just at some other like penthouse up the road because you yeah, know. That's probably. Or he's maybe just out at Dalton for the night. Yeah. Doing sure. Dalton things or yeah. Or, I don't know. Dalton things. I feel that you shouldn't call people Dalton things. Like, He's in the warbler. Yeah. He's in the warblers. And I, I think I've actually learned the different, like that the psychics both have names now. Oh, okay. Well done. I, think, I know I, there's Katie. I will say I've watched this eight times and I haven't worked that out. So I, I already know there's Katie and I think the other one might be Izzy. Oh, sounds familiar. That yeah, does sound familiar. I think she says, Izzy, your brother's place is so great. So Great. I have a feeling it Let's might go be with easy. That. And Let's go oh, with that. All right. So despite the cultural appropriation, another element that I really hate about this scene is that Blair and Serena get off the elevator and walk into this scene and they're laughing like they've just said something hilarious and then they stop. And it's, that is a fake laugh. That's a really fake laugh. It It's so very clear. Now come into the scene and look like you're having a good time. And it's like, Really? <laughs> oh, how good it is to be 17 in New York. I was like, yes. oh. I mean, and realistically, she should be having a real laugh because that dress that Blair is wearing. Can I start talking about the dress now? I've been yes. waiting all episodes to talk yes. about Yes, get into the dress. Really get into the dress. All right. It is a Valentino number. And Val- this is the first appearance of Valentino on Blair Waldorf, which will become an ongoing reoccurring theme. Her and Valentino have an amazing relationship. And this is one of my favorite Gossip Girl outfits. This is that's it. It it is an. I had no idea about any of that. I was like, looks good black. Ah, but on that note, have you noticed she's worn black the whole episode? Uh, I have. Actually, well, I didn't notice it uh, consciously, but subconsciously, yeah. Mm. I was like, because she's, she's in... mourning her relationship to Nate, obviously, All right, and mourning I... the loss of her her virginity, and mourning the loss of like what she once knew of herself because she knows she's about to be like a butterfly. And so, cocoon herself into a chrysalis as she turns seventeen. Wow, that's a lot deeper than I was expecting. I thought looks good in black. No, because Blair Waldorf previously is a lot, especially because her Eleanor is a lot of bright designs and bright colors, are very youthful. 
Uh, you do notice though she is in like a darker gray color when she's and with the like we already spoke about the last episode where she has the high neck dress yeah when she's going to meet the archibalds and that's very much about her she doesn't want to be in that dress that's not her it's very dowdy it's very not blair's because she didn't get to choose it but when blair gets here she's all color all headbands all you know things oh that's and you notice that her chest is bare as well because she knows she's getting a necklace i did notice that actually had to be a dress that framed the necklace the shoulders are bare too, if I remember correctly. Like uh, they're little, little, little kind of organzery, yeah, little, little organzery, little situation or chiffon situation. See that I noticed. Mm. And yeah, we can also go and talk about the bows on it being a constraint because she's got these like kind of like ties around it, but we'll leave that for nothing. Yeah, there's a lot about um, bow. I'm not going to go into that, not yet. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to get into Shaboya right now. No. <laughs> save that for so, another episode sure sure well i i could say if we're talking about bows and we're talking about um knots and things there's the the shibari element and the whole like oh, restraints. Shibari, that's what uh but that would tie in with this scene because um serena does speak very basic japanese when she thanks the the chefs for her sushi um Mm-hmm. I feel that there was an element around 2007. This was when there was a lot of Japanese culture just coming into American mainstream. Like manga really kind of mm-hmm. took off around then and anime was already doing it the rounds. Yeah. Uh, so it was a whole thing. And then it's just never never talked about ever again. Um, so Serena and Blair are wondering whether their boys are actually going to show up. And Serena, mm-hmm. oh, Blair subtly digs at Serena about this whole Vanessa Dan situation. Mm-hmm. And Chuck shows up as well. It's like it's well. Do you do you have words about how Chuck shows up and looks? Look, his look. You know what? This isn't this isn't my ideal Chuck Bass in terms of aesthetics. Like this is this is still baby Chuck Bass finding his feet. Like the hair, I'm really not on board with. Like we got rid of the scarf, so I'm happy. Yes, but that's because again, there's a, that has to be a symbol there. But like it's you know, something about the fact that you know that was kind of part of his seeing him start to become more of who he is and less of who he thinks he should be. If they just burn it on screen, I'm going to be happy. That's what I'm saying. Um, but no, no, no real comments on Chuck other than the fact that he just looks adorable. My expression, which no listeners can see, indicates that I disagree. But we'll we'll move on. Uh, so Dan is actually hanging out with Vanessa rather than going to to this party because apparently that's just in what he nice, does. Daniel, see nice. No, not. Really. He's been hanging out with Vanessa at the cafe. I'm going to point mm. out being that uh, I, you know what, I did this as well when I was a teenager. I went to my friend's place of work and just kind of hung out and talked with them because that's what you do. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly not going to get them fired because of that. And he's basically just going through all the drama of his family right now, which is a lot, to be fair. Yeah, there's a lot happening. Yeah. Uh, and he gets the text from Serena being like, hey, hey we're at the party. Come to the party. <laughs> And where is you? Where where are you? See see you soon, of course, using the, mm-hmm. the text speak, which no one does does anymore. Uh, I'm assuming because they're all just like Snapchatting and WhatsApping and TikToking. Yes. That's how people that's how kids communicate these days, right? It's all TikToks. That's what we do, because we're kids. That's right. Because we're we are, young. We are young and hip. Yes. So Vanessa Vanessa is kind of passive aggressive about about Serena's little little mm. text um, and about how much time they're spending together, uh, which is not cool. 
But then again, she's also in love with Dan, so that's pretty obvious. Yes. And she's in love with Dan and she is out of love with everything that in the society that Serena is. That's true too. Uh, but she she kind of brushes it aside being like, no, no, it's not that I don't like Serena. I just don't know Serena. Mm. Uh, and Dan's like, well... Mm. Okay. And again, Dan not doing a, a great job because he's like, well, I like Serena and I like you and you like me, ergo, you must like Serena. I like Serena and I like you and she likes me and you like me. So how, how can you not like each other? It's mathematically impossible. Who said I didn't like her? I just don't know her. Yeah, you're making a real effort to change that. That's, That's not how it works. That's not how that maths works, Dan. Yeah, yeah. It's just not. It, it feels very much in this conversation like Dan is angling to get all three of them together. Like, Which, you know what, Dan, if that's what you want, you just need to articulate that in a, like, mm-hmm. you know, confident and clear way. Yeah. I feel that both I feel like both Vanessa and Serena would be really into hate sex. So I feel like it would probably work for him. I mean, it, he'd get yeah. stabbed by one of them by the end of the week. But it, he could mm. probably get it if he, he actually, like, explained to them uh, what what's going to happen. So Vanessa says, hey, it's it's not that I, I don't like her. I just don't know her. And hey, why don't I come to the party? If he's a chance to get to know her, how great will this be? Let's do it now. Which I'm pretty yes. certain is just her being. Vanessa. I don't know. I think she's aiming for him to say no. Oh, yeah. Get shot. Because then he could be like, well, I tried. I yeah. was available. Yeah. yeah. Which kind of backfires on her. Classic Vanessa she, move. She pushes a little bit too hard. And Dan agrees. Even though he's like. Blair's, you do not want to be at Blair's party. This is not the time for, for any of this stuff. Uh, but she's like, no, 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 let's go anyway. I think she's hoping for a train wreck. Um, she's yeah. trying to trying to get some drama going because that's what she does. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I love this scene as we go back to the party and Chuck comes over to Blair and says something, you know, Chuck-like. Uh, and Blair just grabs him, twists him by the ear and drags him outside to yell at him yeah and even better that a couple of people walk past and go hey Blair great dress it's like oh yeah happy birthday to me bye despite the fact she's still gripping Chuck in his grip (laughs) yeah it's so great I I found Leighton Meester hot for this entire show run so far this is the hottest she's been it's like yeah yeah smack Chuck around please do it more this is great yeah 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 this is i told you this is a good episode this is a great episode this is an excellent episode it's a very enjoyable episode three scenes out of like 20 is not a great ratio i mean it's better than zero it's true it's true we haven't hit a zero episode yet um we'll You'll see never will. We'll, we'll see you we'll see will. so chuck is basically telling her um get over nate He's not coming. You know, the usual usual stuff. And does he make the, the bet now or is that later on? Uh, he mentions that now, I think. But yeah, because she mentions that she that. Oh, she certainly mentions like, then she mentions the, the call. It, she certainly says there's this weird thing about Nate and Blair constantly with midnight being this midnight being this. Um, yes like deadline for them because it happened to the masquerade ball yeah. and now it's a whole thing of like of course nate always calls me by midnight even if he's not there yeah. so, 
you've all right sure don't care honestly it's like another you haven't stayed up till like midnight to call like a friend or something so you're the first one to call them on their birthday no i i fully believe that's what they do and that like feels mm. like something these two would do as friends and as a couple it's mm. just i'm getting over the manufactured deadlines for their relationship uh, well their whole relationship is manufactured yeah but we keep seeing it over and over and it's like we got it we got it during the masquerade we got it during the the kiss on the lips party we got it through all mm. these other things that it's the point has been made we don't need it mm. again mm. i mean it does take 21 days to learn a habit though so it's true it has only been like 21 days since we first saw it in the show so maybe it's yeah. um maybe it's a problem with binging it. If I was separating these episodes by a week each time, then it wouldn't be as uh, as painful. I reckon no, what you I need to do be. is you need to watch you need to watch it seven times. Like it's because you haven't watched oh, it God. repeatedly. That's oh all. God, no! <laughs> I refuse to. I just refuse to. And all right, you, I can see why you love this thing. It's so beautiful. It's so romantic. I just love them right. on the balcony. I just love them on the balcony and their little and then the skyline in the background. It is very pretty. Like this apartment is amazing. Mm. Like that view. Chuck and Blair are there as well. But the view and just like the whole layout of this place is amazing. Uh and yeah he kind of does his little admission of I, I can't stop thinking about all this stuff we did. And I love it. And he's like, yeah, and I feel like sick in the stomach. And I like, and she's like, butterflies, Chuck. Yeah. She, he can't, she, he, he's kind of, he just, he's like, I just feel like there's this wriggling and like, yeah, some grotesque word. And she's like, do you mean butterflies? <sighs> Nauseate me. All this talk about how you have to be with Nate or the world will face it. It's over. You sound like a jealous boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, right. You wish. <laughs> no. You wish. Please, you forget who you're talking to. So do you. Do you... like me? Define like. You've got to be kidding. I do not believe this. How do you think I feel? I haven't slept. I feel sick, like there's something in my stomach. Fluttering. Butterflies? Oh, no, 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 no. This is not happening. No one is more surprised or ashamed than I am. Mm-hmm. Because she's figured, she, she figures out. she knows as well that she likes. Well, it's, yeah, again, she gets the power in this situation because, um... She's like, you sound like a jealous boyfriend, like trying to break me and Nate up. And he's like, oh, you wish. And she's like, no, wait, you wish. You, you actually wish. like, oh my God, you like me. Ew, ew, gross. Because now she's like, oh, oh, I'm back in charge again. I've got control mm -hmm. over this. It wasn't just me needing sex and being horny and like losing control for once. Oh, Chuck doesn't have control over, but I can have control over him now. So I'm okay with it all. Yeah. And yeah, that and, uh, yeah. 
And I still think she just, honestly, there's a part of her that does like him. Because you look back on, like, from that very first episode where uh, Serena and Dan save Jenny, sure. when they leave, uh, Blair is standing at the front and Chuck is just behind her and he comes up and is like, oh, I hope, you know, we don't see them. And she says, I don't see them again. And he's like, I hope we do. And there's this little look and just the way the camera angles them, you're like, oh, man, if you guys were just standing next to each other, you could totally make out right now. Yeah, they are kind of an, well, I was going to say an evil Bonnie and Clyde. They are kind of that power antagonist couple. Mm. Uh, and they've been Jesse shot like that Jesse and Jesse? Oh, Jesse and James? Jesse James from Team, Team Rocket? Rocket? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but not as comedic. No. Well, they their moments, but no. And she does have some great lines like, you know, I love all of God's creatures, but you got to murder those butterflies, man. You got, you just got to, <laughs> just got to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? Lady Mista is slaying at this episode. Yeah, 100%. This is her. I'm sure she won an Emmy for this somewhere. Oh, most definitely. Definitely was nominated for an Emmy. Sure. Yeah. Let's. Um, for let's... this episode in particular. Listeners, don't don't disabuse her of that notion. So... You can try and tell me it's not true. I don't. I won't believe it. <laughs> and Nate is, well, there's a reason Nate hasn't come yet. Um, he's just kind of waiting outside the apartment. He's just like pacing back and forth, doing his little Nate thing, looking at the ring. Um, Jenny runs into him and like goes, oh, I'm sorry. I told Blair about like the whole thing. I just felt bad lying to her, but now she's mad at me anyway. And I'm only here because, because Blair invited me before she got mad at me because this was yesterday. All of the stuff yeah. happened yesterday. Yeah. And bless, like, Jenny being like, I'm so sorry, Nate. Like, I told your darkest, deepest secret after you asked me not to to your girlfriend. And Nate's just like, no no worries, little Jay. It's fine. I'm high. He probably is. This is why he's so cool with it. And basically, Jenny's like, all right, well, if you're so cool with it, I've got an apology card here for for Blair. Could you just bring it in instead, like, instead of having me to do it? And Nate's like, um, how about no? How about we just go for a walk or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like, he's not like, let's go for a walk. He asks, he's like, would you like to come for a walk with me? Yeah. Like respectful Nate is the best Nate. MVP. Yeah. Nate's redemptive, not redemptive arc, but Nate's self-discovery arc is probably more my personal favorite than Chuck's uh, little, little thing. Yeah. Uh, so and is the perfect, I know we I know we have a time where we talk about PCs, but like Nate is the perfect PC. Like has kind of not great parents that would force you to go adventuring because you don't want to deal with their BS anymore. And you turn out to be a good person, and then your adventuring party meets your parents and sees that they're like total jerks, and they're like, "Whoa, how did that happen?" Because you're so nice and they're so not. You know who Nate is? Nate's the no. traditional fantasy prince. Oh yeah. Where he's got the royal royal parents who he doesn't really get along with. You know what? He is the prince from Ever After, the Drew Barrymore, uh, like, 97 film or wherever it was, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. where he... Do Grey Scott played him. Um, where his parents are all, you will rule the kingdom someday, so you have to marry well. And he's like, yeah, but I just want to do the things that I want. I'm really... I, like, mm. I believe in people, and i got to discover myself and be true, and all of that. And that's who Nate is. Yeah. And that also reminds me of another really deep film with oh a God. similar kind of theme okay. that um, there's another prince 
who also, you know, is, is shown by their father that they should be leading it. But they're like, no, I just want to be king. Like, I don't want to go through all the other stuff. I just want to be king. And then that one has a tragic, though, middle to it, where then that character goes on its own thing, on their own, like, kind of, you know, rite of passage to find their their youth and their, their place in the world before they can return home to lead. It's a beautiful, poignant story. I know the one you're talking about. It's Hamlet with Kenneth mm. Branagh. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's exactly <laughs> the one I was thinking of. Oh, oh, was it Hamlet with Ethan Hawke? Or was it Hamlet with Mel Gibson? Or was one it of, Hamlet 2 with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? One of one of those many I don't films. know. Which one of those had a warthog in it? It was that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so instead of Nate showing up at the party, Dan and Vanessa do. Serena, super stoked to see one of them bounding over like the big golden retriever that she is. Uh, mm-hmm. Just ba-dum, 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 like big floppy mm-hmm. golden hair flying everywhere. Uh, the introductions that she gives uh, when she spots Vanessa, she's just like, oh, you brought her. Great. Yay. So glad you brought a date. Yay. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been on the receiving end of that. Hey, I know I have been a couple of times where somewhere like people just, you know, are seeing someone else. They're like, oh my gosh. Hey. And then they look at me like, oh, hey. Yeah. I don't get invited places. Like, oh, okay. I, I do well, podcasts. I mean, I mean, silver lining. You don't have to. I'll, I'll next time we catch up. I'll I'll let you. You can live through that um, experience vicariously. I'll. Oh, thanks. You know, th- th- then you can add it to your, you know, palette of emotions. And okay, I have a question. Question about um. Okay. About how Blair reacts to this because since Bert yeah. Blair's the birthday girl, she gets introduced to Vanessa, who's like, "Oh, so you're Vanessa." They are literally standing like two feet apart. And Vanessa's yeah. like, oh, so that's Blair. Like, whispering to Dan. Like, proper stage whispering. It's like, that's Blair. And yeah. everyone missed the mime that um, that Meek just did. It was it was spot on. Oh, it was great. <laughs> so, Again, forgot this was an official medium for a moment. <laughs> so <laughs> she said, like, that's Blair. Everything you said about her was true. Like, Blair is right there. Blair can very clearly hear you. But Blair basically does the same thing draping herself up against serena so she can whisper in her ear like be slightly more intent on getting into serena's personal space there blair to basically say the same sort of thing and being like hey that's vanessa huh i can see why you worried about her (laughs) yeah you didn't tell me she looked like that yeah blair blair's leaning into that lesbian energy again that she usually has with jenny and I think she's just getting confused between Jenny and Serena, like she norm- like everyone else does on this show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, I think as well to them as well. Like Vanessa is very much not Upper East Side, so they're very much like, "Oh, what is this? This they're wearing plaid." I don't think she is wearing plaid, but like, <laughs> no, she's wearing something. They're wearing a flannel. Yeah, no, she's wearing some boho number. Let me go back. I had it just, I had just had it up. Oh, she's wearing a cropped faux leather jacket. I'm assuming faux because I'm assuming Vanessa's a vegan or at least vegetarian. Yeah, she's definitely uh, not going to be wearing real leather. Yeah. She can't afford it. Well, that too. I mean, she might thrift it. Maybe, maybe. But yeah. And speaking of people Also who just realising that, I just sorry, I just was flicking back to check that outfit. Dan Humphreys is wearing a proper messenger satchel. Like legit proper, like what you would take to uni crossbody messenger satchel to this party. 
Well, checks out. That checks out. Actually, here's the thing. Because he's Gossip Girl, he needs his laptop with him at all times so he can, like, get his blast on. Don't worry, it makes sense. Ignore me. Oh, no, we'll we'll get into the fact that that he is Gossip Girl in a moment because, oh, he's the worst. Um, But speaking of Humphrey men... Yes. Rufus and Allison are talking it out, and Rufus, oh, he's so mad. He's so mm-hmm. mad. And they just do the general. No waffles up. for Allison. No waffles for Allison. This is why she had to make it themself, make her, them herself, because they weren't going to make them for her. She doesn't deserve yeah. any of the waffles. Mm. And he's like, hey, if you wanted to come back so much, why the hell did Jenny have to go and get you? Mm-hmm. Like, seems like you were quite mm-hmm. happy up in Hudson fucking the neighbor guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And she. She pulls the whole, I gave up everything for, for your career and I just wanted something of mine, which is, is fair. She needs to find herself as well. Um, there's a slight element when she's talking about all the things that happen on the, like she goes, when you were on the road and everything that entails. And I feel mm. that's like a little bit of, you were fucking groupies. It's okay if I've had sex with some guy like yeah. up in Hudson. Yeah. 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 I do see so, that. Yeah, I feel... I'm not sure if that's, ex- like... Not that it's a squid pro quo situation, no. but, like... But th- but there yeah. is that little bit of, look, I forgave you and just didn't... We didn't talk about it. It's like, if you're in different, if you're in different area codes, it's fine. It's fine. We just... Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a solid relationship rule. But it, it also kind of feels like Rufus wasn't a great partner back in his rock star days and he's grown to become a better one now but hmm. she does still resent him for a lot of that yeah for sure and i think there are some things like that that you know i think in every relationship even when people say they can put it past them it's incredibly hard to it takes a lot of yeah. healing yeah it's it's super tough it takes more than um a hug and an admission of of affection remaining which is basically what happens here and then they make out and they're like Ooh. yeah and it's like, that's not really how it usually works. Like, it's it's a super affectionate kiss, not a super passionate one. Mm. Like, they were arguing less than two minutes earlier. You don't go yeah, from Sometimes that. the shades of hate and love can sometimes be, you know, it's it's not a Venn diagram as opposed to a circle. Mm. I, I just feel that they're rushing it to get to a certain point because they only hired Susan Misner for a few episodes. Where's the romantic side of you? Well, this uh, this episode killed it. <laughs> okay, well, do it. Okay, let's just go to the next scene because then romance is back. Romance is back. Yeah, Bring I was going to say this board. episode. This this next scene is a little bit more romantic. As again, Chuck goes to Blair and is like, uh, she's like, where where the hell, where the hell is is Nate? Maybe this is where they talk about the bat. This seems like um. Could be. Yeah, actually. it is. It is according to my notes. Uh, the other one oh, must have just been them go. talking about feels. And, uh, and work, Chuck's, Knight. yeah, there's a reason I take them. So they do make a bet, and the bet I believe is Chuck offers if Nate calls him, calls calls Blair by midnight, Chuck will just shut up forever and never bother her again. But if Nate doesn't call Blair, yeah, Blair goes home with Chuck and they fuck again. Because that I was going to complain about Chuck. This is not the way to woo someone you're interested in. But we've already gone over. This is because he doesn't know what to do, and his whole little your excuses for him. Uh, so, sure, my so, same as. But before. I also think as well he would. It's one of those things that he would say that, but he wouldn't actually claim it. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. If he did, well, we'll see if he wins or not. But I feel that if he won, he wouldn't, but he'd hold it over her later. Being like, look, I won, so you do technically owe me, but I'll take something else instead. Mm. Like a favor or yeah. something, not like a blowjob, but it's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Blair's like, uh, no, gross. How about, how about no? How about we don't do that? And you know what I would have liked? I would have liked a little bit more drama in this if Chuck had stolen Nate's phone so there was no way for him to call. Yeah, but then that's vindictive. Like, I don't think Chuck actually wants to win it. Like, I think if if, if Blair genuinely, hand on her heart, said to Chuck, I want to be back with Nate, I love him, he would be... Have you seen the musical Hamilton? I haven't. Okay. Well, first of all, you should. It's amazing. But there's the Skylar sisters and there's these, there's these two sisters and one of them is the eldest and she needs to, like, get married to, like, money and names because she's the eldest because there's no sons in the family. Sure. And so she comes across the namesake of the musical, Alexander Hamilton, and they have this, like, huge Sparks connection. But she knows she can't marry him because she finds out very quickly that he's penniless. So then she introduced him to her, his, her sister, who also on first glance was like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. And so she was like, I loved him first, but I'm going to give him to my sister because they can be together happy. I feel like Chuck would be the Angelica of that situation where if he honestly thought that Blair was going to be happy with Nate, he would be like, all right, well, there you go. And then he would spend his lives unrequited and unloved. Yes, I believe that as well, because I think that Chuck mm-hmm. has very much got in his mind that I am the tragic hero who no one could ever love. Just look at how like... Yes. He, you know what? He's the type of guy who would do a full-on Great Gatsby and just go and stare out of windows with his scotch at parties. For sure. Which is actually For a really sure. fun trick if you if you want to do this. This is not something this is something I heard on uh, another podcast. Uh, I think it was Ben Jenkins. It was quite funny. That you go out to a party and you just stare out the window and if people come over and say, So what are you doing? You go, Oh, I'm just Gatsbying. It's fine. Yeah. Nice. It's, um, it's, I like it's it. how you I like it as a verb. Because it's I bring up the Great Gatsby, um, partly because mm-hmm. of all the other teen drama bullshit that we get in the next scene with Serena, Dan, and just this whole, like, dumb love triangle. I am bored of their love triangle. I, I don't want to... I'm, I mean, for the, the Chuck and Nate and Blair thing, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. This, other, this, this very white person drama that's going on with Serena and Dan is, uh, is less entertaining for me. And Serena does be like, does confront him as like, you brought a date to the party with your girlfriend. So, you brought Vanessa as your date to Blair's party? No, no, you're my date. I just thought it might be a good opportunity for all three of us to hang out. Oh yeah, because it was so fun and not remotely awkward at breakfast this morning. That's not exactly, that's kind of a faux pas. Uh, yeah. And Dan yeah. kind of does his little explanation, being like, no, no, she just wants to get to know you. This is a really great way to, to do it. Um, and yeah. Serena promises to try to bond with her and they decide to do that over Guitar Hero. Classic. I mean, so many of my relationships have been forged over the helms of Guitar Hero. I would actually believe that. Guitar Hero is a great way to get to know someone and just hang out with them. This way of portraying Guitar Hero is really, really shit. Uh, We get to see the end of Vanessa's song being like, look Mm -hmm. how great I am. I really nailed that. And you're like, okay, 
I guess you did. I didn't see a score up there, so we're going to take your word for it. Everyone seems pretty impressed. And um, Serena's like, no, no, I'm going to play Freebird. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. go. Like, not yeah. Sweet Home Alabama. Not like... Nah, she's got an expert level. Is it? I don't know. I didn't play Guitar Hero I that much. I'm Appar- pretty sure it's okay. long anyway. Sure, sure. I feel that there's probably other better ones as well. But we won't get into that. Um, you know what I really liked in there? Uh, we're not going to take it. That was oh the song. Bit. Yeah, I thought you were talking about this. I thought you were talking about your series, and that you were just about to finish this podcast because you were like, I can't, I can't take. <laughs> you know what? I'm done. I can't take this anymore. I'm not going to take this. No, this no, that ghoul. or Bohemian Rhapsody. That would have been another great one. Uh, so... That's probably <laughs> expensive uh, rights right there. That's true. They spent a I lot feel... of money on that. They spent a lot of money on that Valentino dress. Like, let's I calm think, down. I think that is exactly the the point that Freebird was the one they could afford, and they couldn't afford yeah. any other songs because they don't show any of them. And even okay, I don't want to cast aspersions on Blake Lively's Guitar Hero abilities. I'm sure she is very very good. It looks like she's just mm. mashing the buttons and like pretending to dance, and then they're filming some clips from a session of guitar hero there's no indication that she's actually it matches it's it's not good is my point this feels like it's meant to be this epic moment of check it out she's the cool girl who can play guitar hero everyone isn't that awesome it's like she's a nerd like us yeah she's just a nerd like us yeah except she's not because that's just crap it's really poorly done it's like that's not I feel that Guitar Hero was so new back then that people didn't even know the fact that a Guitar Hero was in it at all. Was like, oh my god, they've got Guitar Hero, and that could be me someday. Yeah. It would have been like a three hundred dollar, I reckon, item at that stage when it first came out. Oh, for sure, for sure, it's definitely like, product. It placement. was, it was an XE item. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Which why? Uh. So from from that victory, it seems like she smashed it out of the park again. No idea. Mm. Doesn't show the score at the end of it. Vanessa comes back and she's like, I'm going to play cherry pie. Yeah. Hair metal. And it's like, you deserve it, Dan, because you've had a shitty day. And Serena's like, what shitty day? What? And of course, more drama because Dan didn't mention that his mum's back. And it's like, you really should tell your girlfriend some of these things. Mm. Um, Yeah. I'm, but this I'm is on... early stage relationship stuff too, where you, you know, you've got, you don't have that quite that shared history yet with Serena. So, you know, you're not quite sure how she's going to react. So Vanessa's a safe space. And then you will share it with Serena. You know, it's not that he was hiding it from her. It's just literally he went from being at the cafe all day to this party. And it's not exactly like he'd be like, hey, Serena, here's my friend. By the way, mom's back. Whoop. No, see, I feel that this is Dan being a tool again. I'm fully on Serena's side here. He ran out of the, the loft and went directly down to Vanessa. He could have texted Serena on the way being like, oh my fucking God, my mother's back in town. True. Like, true, it's a text, true, It's a text. True. Oh, you know what? He's poor. He true. doesn't have the minutes to text her. I don't know. I mean, SMSs were expensive for a while. They were like 45 cents, weren't they? Each. Each. Yeah. Yeah, like none a of real, this, like, like a regular this, like, call. That's why we used to. Okay, so kids, when oh, we it used was, to oh text, my god, right? because it was by the by the characters. It was, it was by like the Twitter. letter. So if you went if you went over 120 characters, that was two text messages. So that went from being a 45 cent message to a 90 cent message. Yeah, 
And Which, Dan you know, if you only had fifteen dollars credit a month, yeah, that was a fair wallop. And that's why we use TechSpeak, like C and R and U. Yes, exactly. That's what I was getting to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. This so is we where emojis lazy. came from. We were cost effective. Yeah, <laughs> we and the little thrifty. emoji penises. Yeah, yeah. Because you couldn't actually take photos with your phones either. You had to draw no. a penis. No. Yeah. It was it was it was very very raw. Either way, Serena felt a lot more believable to me in this scene because she's insecure about this guy who she likes and seem who seems to be more interested in his his girlfriend than his girlfriend. Mm. Uh, and of course, then she mentions, well, I talked to Blair and Dan's like, you're taking advice from Blair? Really? <laughs> Which, you know, you do just need to shush. You do just need to shush there, Dan. Um, I mean, he's right. <laughs> he's out of line, but he's right. Yeah. Okay, good. As long as you agree he's out of line, then that's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. And Serena's just like, you know what? I just don't want to compete for your time. I, you just, She does this. She deserves better. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So Jenny and Nate are not going to the party at all. They're just going to no. hang out on some steps. And she's also yeah. being like, my family's fucking weird right now. I'm, I'm hiding out here. I didn't want to go home. I'm just um, yeah. going to pretend to go to the party. Uh, and they kind of bond over the fact that... that um, They're both a bit messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I'm here for this. I like it. Uh, and it is. It's cute. Yeah, Nate kind of brings out Blair's present and is like, hey, I was supposed to give this to, to her. And Jenny's eyes are just like, wow, this is like bombshell level, dude. Like, that's a That's Vanderbilt. like the value of her house. No. That's like the value of Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it probably is actually True. about the value of the loft, but still. And not far off. yeah, Nate's just like, I, it's tough. Tough, it's tough being me. Paul little rich boy. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he admits, you know, they broke up and that's probably for the best. And yeah. Chuck, well, it's midnight and he's not calling. Uh, mm-hmm. So Chuck finds Blair at the bar and Blair's just like, oh, mm-hmm. gross. You're actually going to collect on the bat. Um, yeah. It sucks. And <laughs> when he says turn around and Blair's like, Oh my God, you are being that crass. It's yeah. like, he's actually being really sweet and pointing out that Serena's coming over with the cake. And all right. Yeah, I'll... beautiful cake, BT dubs. It, it looks like a regular cake. It just had sparklers on it as far as I could tell. So it kind of drowned out. It looked better than any cake like I've this... had. But yeah, it looked like. Yeah, it was cake. like this three tier like wedding cake stuffing with beautiful peonies on it because we'll note that peonies are the signature uh, Blair Waldorf flower that becomes poignant later on in the series. I thought hydrangeas were. No, no. Look, I think that was Eleanor's signature flower because that was in Eleanor's house. I think they changed it because um, hydrangeas were harder to get. I don't think so. Peonies are super hard to get. Oh, okay. Peonies, peonies are like are... super fussy. Like Blair. Mm, maybe. So, <laughs> all right. I want to, I want to cut Blair some slack in this scene. Yes. Because she has had a Probably lot so. of disappointments uh, in this day. Apparently yes. Chuck. Yes. Sex was probably the highlight of the day so far. It's like, that's the most least disappointing thing that she's had. And yeah. wait, <laughs> but her line when, when Serena tells her to make a wish for the cake 
and she's like, "What's the point? It, w- it didn't. It already didn't come true." And it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, you are a child. You are such a melodramatic child having a tantrum." It's like you were at a party. Well, I, I, yeah. You were there with all your friends who were there celebrating you and a cake. Suck it up, princess. Get the lip to quiver a little bit, and then eat some cake, and then go cry in the bathroom. You don't have to flaunce off. I don't know. I feel like this is someone who has held it together. This person has been put together with surface tension and like dreams. And finally, now this is the moment where with him not calling her on her birthday, as he has done for probably the last eight years in a row, with that rug being pulled out from under her, she is falling like a bunch of Jenga bricks. All right. Tiffany ones though, because I think Tiffany do their own Jengas. Do they really? That's, that's fascinating actually uh, if anyone wants to send us some tiffany jenga bricks please do that'd be cool oh, just tiffany anything if tiffany would like to sponsor this podcast that would be amazing i love tiffany's yeah. i know that it's super commercial but i love it i definitely will have a lot to say about tiffany's in future episodes <laughs> or at least the movie breakfast at tiffany's which is uh is referenced um i just yeah Blair, a little bit oh, too Oh, sorry. I take it back. There were Louis Vuitton. It's a Louis Vuitton Jenga set, but there was a uh, there was a Tiffany's ping pong set. That's what I was getting confused with. It came out a few Christmas ago. Jeez, we're not going to get the sponsorship now, me. Thank you. <laughs> sorry. Tiffany's though, we're honest. Like, we'll take a ping pong set. You guys want to send us a ping pong set? We'll take it. Oh, well, ping pong's a good um, a good phrase, actually, because it does feel like this this episode ping pongs back and forth between scenes. Because we between get back good to good storyline and great storyline. I agree. No, no, between boring storyline and bullshit teen drama. I mean, I know it's Gossip Girl, so bullshit teen drama is yeah. kind of like a given. But oh, yeah. I'm all right here. This more drama because Blair's just run yes. off. And we cut over to Jenny and Nate, and Nate's putting her in a cab, if I remember correctly. Um, mm-hmm. He gives her a hug, and they're nice friends. It feels very much like this is the little sister that he never actually had, and he's taking care of her. Yeah. And there's a bit of a like a weird sexual tension between them because that was in the books, and they've got to, to got to have it in at some point. And some random girl walking by takes a photo of them and sends it to Gossip Girl. Mm. Like. Yeah. And apparently. Uh, because in the next scene, Gossip Girl sends out a happy birthday, Blair, text mm-hmm. with this photo of Nate hugging mm. some random woman, which thankfully she knows can't be Serena because Serena has been there with her the whole time. Yes. Yes. It's another blonde woman. Dan is at the party. With his laptop in his messenger bag, yes, though, yes. ready, not, to, ready I, to blast I don't have a problem out. with that. I have a problem with his humanity and empathy for people. Like, I he's mean, at the party of his, his girlfriend's a, best friend. And he's doing this passive-aggressive bullshit. I mean, it's journalism, first of all. It's reporting. And sometimes as a journalist, I would know from my communications, sometimes you've got to break the hard stories. You got to really break the hard stories to get into the, you know, the delves, the abyss. I'm just saying he could have waited until the next day. He could have waited until the morning because there's no one else that's going to scoop him. He's the only one that gets the, the the exclusive. Yeah. He's the only reporter out there doing it. No one else cares. <laughs> 
But Dan, so, Dan loves the timing on this. This is this is a, this is an experience, you know. This is like an interactive article. You know what? He was really meant? pushing the envelope. Yeah, he's he's definitely pushing something. Um, he. This is the actions of a fucking psychotic, in my opinion. He is doing this just to see what happens. He's like dropping a hand mm. grenade and going, I wonder what happens if I put this in a, a room full of, of babies. Like, what'll occur? What, what if I give this kid scissors and tell them to run around? What's going to happen? I don't know. I'm an impartial journalist. It's like, you yeah. know what? I, I want his jingle now. He gets his jingle now. Let me tell you a bit about a guy called Dan. Got a crush on Serena Vanderwoodsand. Still, he'll spread rumors about it any way he can. Oh, that's right, he's Gossip Girl. Well, don't know if you heard, but Dan is poor. He hangs around the rich kids, sometimes sucks him in the jaw. That ain't enough, so he calls one a whore. Oh, that's right, he's Gossip Girl. Dan is a nice guy, wouldn't hurt a dove, but he gets real mean when push comes to shove. He's a borderline sociopath, but he does it for love. That's right, he's Gossip Girl. That's right, Dan, he's a Gossip Girl. I love that my notes for this scene are, fuck you, Dan, you evil piece of shit. Like, seriously. Right. That's my entire thoughts on Dan. He's not great for this whole episode, but this scene just, dude, fucking hell. Uh, So everyone at the party sees the message and Blair has, and everyone's like, oh, I hope that girl gives him syphilis or herpes. Like, wow. (laughs) Wow. Strong call. And um, Blair goes, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. He's not cheating on me. We broke up. It's, It's done. And fleas because that's what she does. And Serena yeah. chases after her because that's what Serena does. Yeah. So um, Nate gets to the back home and explains, yeah. I didn't go to the party because his parents are surprised to see him. They're like, oh, did Blair like the ring? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that because uh, it's mm. not fair to her and it's not fair to me. And Howard's yeah. giving him the whole guilt trip of like, you've ruined this family. And Nate basically goes, no, you did, dad. You did. Yeah. Yeah, how about you and your drugs, Dad, and your embezzlement, yeah. Dad, and your fraud, Dad? Yeah, I was like, I feel that some personal responsibility may be why um, Nate just kind of drifts through life, and his parents haven't really taught him anything at all. So, yeah, he doesn't need to. Well, he's taught him not to hit his son, so that's that's something. And speaking of parents um, that are, well, I was going to say, speaking of parents that fucked, <laughs> that are fucked. <laughs> Uh, so Jenny yeah. comes home. Well, Rufus yeah. and Rufus and Allison are sitting on the ground, very clearly post-coitus, and they've got the candles yeah. going, and like she's wearing his shirt for some reason, like not the shirt he was wearing. She's gone to find a different shirt that he has, yeah, uh, and is wearing. Well, that. she did seem to come down empty-handed from Hudson. I did forget to point that out at the start. Like she doesn't rock up with suitcases. No, like she, she was only here for a short. She was only here for a short, yeah. like visit. She was here to sign the divorce papers and get the fuck out. But, Pretty much. 
But, you know, one last thing is good. Uh, so Jenny comes home and sees them there and is like, oh, hey, mom and dad. I definitely know what you two have done because you two, those two fuck a lot when they were like beforehand. <laughs> they fucked a lot. Yeah. Like they, Jenny and Dan are very aware that Rufus and Allison had a lot of sex. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they cannot pretend. That loft is, that loft is airy. Yeah. Yeah. It's very thin. Noise would definitely travel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel that this is probably not the first time. <laughs> they, they think it's a little bit awkward, but it's like, yeah, yeah, you know what we're doing. This isn't interrupting. It's like, it's not mid-coitus. It's, we're done. We're done for the night. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're good. She's, she's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go to my room and put my headphones on and not listen like I used to when I was a kid. And yeah. she, she does seem secretly pleased that they're back together. It's cute. Yeah. yeah. So... Vanessa's talking with um, with Serena and yeah. asks, just kind of, I like that she checks in to see if Blair's okay. That's a nice little bit yeah. of, of women looking out for women. It's yeah. a nice little touch. And I also like that Serena just kind of says, look, this is why your friendship with Dan bothers me. Mm. Being all open and honest and being like, you've got this relationship with him that I don't. And I would like that, but it's hard when you're always fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that I think she even says in this part, the fact that like they haven't got that built, uh, like I said earlier, like they haven't got the shared experience yet between her and Dan, whereas her and Vanessa, him and Vanessa do. Yeah. So it's you know hard what to it compete is? with time. You know what it is? It's the new character coming into an RPG group. Mm-hmm. And oh, you weren't like, here for that. Oh, you weren't here for that. Yeah. Yeah. This is that in-joke. And oh, like, I forgot oh. you weren't here for that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And even just reasons of why an rpg rpg group would be together in the first place it's like mm-hmm. they don't have all those little those little histories and connections yeah so it's yeah. yeah so what we can learn from that kids is have a session zero and make sure all your characters are connected for some reason because it makes everything a hell of a lot easier two sessions in when you get given a job and one person's like yeah but i don't want to do that it's like well that's great but your best friend does yeah. and that's why you're going to do it yeah. So they, they, I like that they bond a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. they, and it's very awkward team bonding too, where they're like, oh, so random. Well, they don't say that exact word, but it very much feels like Jemay high school, you know. You know, it can be a little intimidating. Talk about intimidating. You just admitted that you find me intimidating. So how cool does that make you? <laughs> <laughs> I think you forgot to mention my superior guitar hero skills (laughs) no i didn't forget that and at the next party i'm asking for a rematch because you're about to get smoked oh really well i think the only thing getting smoked is your pale imitation of a guitar player hey i am a golden god (laughs) really are you am i interrupting anything um actually you are that year nine cringe yeah that's what it feels like it also girl yeah, girl, I'm going to beat you at... I'll beat you at Guitar Hero next time. No, you won't, because I'm like uh, a Guitar Hero god. And yeah. I like that Dan comes over and is like, am I interrupting anything? Do I need to step in? Are you going to fight again? Serena's like, uh, no, we're actually friends now. Bye. You can fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Uh, and he would... He's, he's like, hey, Serena, do you want to like actually get out of here and go have some fun? Uh, she's like, no, better go check on Blair. She's, she's pretty, pretty upset. Um, yeah, she's not having a great time. 
Yeah, but Chuck got to her first. Well, let's not. Okay, let's rephrase that. Chuck didn't get to her first. Chuck was genuinely, genuinely no, worried about her. I'm when the not... when the blast comes out from Gossip Girl, you look at his little face, and he is like, "That sucks that she's finding out this way, and that sucks yeah. that after all they've been through, he's now moved on so quickly." Yeah. Even though he knows that she's moved on technically as well, or at least even faster. I no, I'm I'm not saying that Chuck got to her first, and that's why she's having a bad time. I'm saying Serena going to check on her. Chuck's already there. That's because Chuck is a better friend than Serena is. Ooh, ooh, big call, big call. You're gonna have to back that one up in future episodes, I think. I will. Don't worry. He loves her. Love, love trumps friendship. There certainly has not been any evidence of that so far. I don't think. I think love if we're keeping Trump's points between the two of them, then Serena, who has been in every episode, uh, trumps Chuck, who has not. So yeah, Chuck, I'd, I'd say even when Chuck wasn't in the episode, he was thinking about Blair. Sure, that sure. <laughs> or Nate, he definitely one has or a the cocktail other. at Petrolia named the Blair or named the Waldorf. Oh yeah, there's for sure. a drink at Petrolia named after Blair. Both sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's like, no, no, it's the hotel. It's the hotel, not the the um, the the girl that I'm in love with. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. he is of the opinion that maybe the birthday can be salvaged at least a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And he reveals, bum, 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 bum. Chuck, but, what did you do? What did you do, Chuck? <gasps> he bought the necklace. Beautiful freaking necklace. Oh, my God, it's stunning. What I'm learning from this show is that if you want to impress girls, buy them expensive things. Yeah. Doesn't matter That's if you're a, good like, you life know, lesson. a serial sexual assaulter, buy expensive yeah. things. Yeah. Checks out. That works. Look, well, my, my love language is like gifts. So I'm an absolute sucker for that. Like, oh, okay. it's, it's a legit thing. This well, explains so much about your, your opinions on this episode. <laughs> Like, yeah, my love language is not time or whatever the other ones are, touch or time, touch, action. Compliments. I don't know. Compliments? Yeah, sweet. I am a stuffed person, which makes it real awkward, though, because I assume that that's everyone else. So then I get into these real weird things where I just, like, my friend, this random shit arrives on my friend's doorsteps, and they're like, why did you send me this duck banana for my garden? I'm like, because I love you. And they're like... <laughs> There's a lots of other ways one could, like you haven't spoken to me in three months, but this has just arrived at my doorstep. Yep. Yeah. That's how it works. One of the, the major problems with the five love languages is that what people give out is usually what they want back. Yeah, 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 100%. And I'm very aware of that. When that very clashes aware. with people, it's like, I'm giving you this thing. And you're like, great, what do I do with that? Do I? So, okay, as a quick little precursor to our dating podcast that we're still going to do. <laughs> Here's a tip for everyone. If your partner is expressing a a love language, do this. Even if yours is not that, respond to Mm. them in kind because that is what they are asking for. And appreciate the the love language. When when did we stop being a and d podcast? Was it an hour ago? Was it two? I think it was episode one, if we're being entirely honest. I feel that that's actually accurate. So anyway. 20 minutes into episode one. Chuck gives her the necklace. This again, great jewelry that uh, works as a as a MacGuffin. This is suddenly, it means so much more because it's a piece he of... He touches her as he's putting it on. Oh, my God, it's so beautiful. He's so... 
for someone, for a character we've seen be so crass and so, like, hyper-masculine, this absolute delicacy he takes what? on, like... Chuck and hyper-masculine do not go together. Blair. Toxic masculinity, Are you being yes. Oh, yeah, sure, that's... Is that not he, the same thing? It's a form of masculinity. I wouldn't say hyper-masculine. Okay. Well, yeah, like, he's not jacked or anything, if that's what... He is not the the traditional view of masculinity. Is sure, my, sure, sure. Yeah, he's a little too effete. Yeah, but in terms of his his thoughts on women and his and where he oh, feels yeah. like he, like he's had he's had a bit of a Gaston feel for the first few episodes. Yes, so far. yes, I will give you that. I will give you that. So yeah, seeing him being very gentle and kind and feeling her pain as he puts on this necklace, trying to make her feel better. It's you know what? It's sweet, which is probably why she then sticks her tongue down his throat. Oh. No, but it's even the moment. It's before that. It's before that. She's like touching them. That she just holds hands first, and then like, and he kisses her like forehead, and then they touch foreheads, and oh. then so it's not even like it's not lust. Like it's not just outright lust because otherwise it would have just been like. Bleh, bleh, bleh. It was like intimacy, and then love. No, it's nice. It's them connecting on more of a level than the drunken hookup they had the night before. Yeah. Yeah. It's sweet. Because they uh, weren't meant to be. Uh, they should have locked the door, though, because Serena coming to check on Blair finds finds them making out all higgledy-piggledy. Yep. <laughs> this dating <laughs> podcast is going to be lit. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Uh, and she's like, what? I don't, I can't what and just leaves doesn't even say anything to them yeah. doesn't interrupt just closes the door turns around and like holy shit holy shit and as if serena didn't have any inkling that this was a thing that was going to happen as she, if she serena no idea no idea serena serena is incredibly self-absorbed have you i would say she's this? just low wisdom maybe low low perception low wisdom yeah yeah i'll give her that she's low wisdom She's. I mean, she does have a lot of things happening in her life, though. So. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going. I feel no. She's got bad time management too. I feel that this is a wisdom thing. Mm. Maybe mm. she didn't walk everywhere. She'd be better at um at time management. Maybe. Yeah, she's got to prioritize. Is, is my point. Yeah. So that that is episode eight. That was seventeen candles. That was Gossip Girl. Uh, most of season. Well, not even most of season one. We're nearly halfway. Man, they got a trifecta on that amazing, amazing episode run. Good on them. Well done, Gossip Girl writers. Sure. They did not get a trifecta at all. This episode was not great. I did not enjoy this as much as the last two. I feel it's because they didn't build up enough to the party. I wanted more of that build up like we've seen in the previous episodes where it's like, we're going to a mm. party and we're getting ready for the party. Now we're at the party and drama's happening. Whereas this was like, mm. it's Blair's birthday. We're at Blair's birthday. Mm. Like there wasn't, there was a bit about the about the the jewelry and stuff. It's like I I just feel that something as big as her seventeenth birthday should have been mentioned a couple of episodes before, so we knew this was coming as a a thing rather than just. I mean, this is, is the it reason as for a big party. as a seventeenth birthday? It's just a birthday. No one's no one has a sweet eight sweet seventeenth birthday. It's the birthday where she lost her virginity and her boyfriend in the in twenty four hour period. I feel that it's something that could have oh, okay. been a okay. big deal. So not the actual numerical value, but okay. yeah, it's okay. A, it's a I'll milestone for her. 
It's a milestone level up achievement for her because she's gone from the <laughs> the base level of of Nate to the slightly more risque level of Chuck. Mm. Mm. And to so, her soulmate, it would seem. Sure, that would track. They, I would say that they are soulmates. So there is one thing that we do on this podcast um, after each episode. Mm -hmm. We pick a character from the show that we just watched and say how Mm -hmm. we would use them in our role-playing games, either as a player character or Mm -hmm. as an NPC. Um, Mm -hmm. I have such a good one this week. Okay, good, because I have a very quick one. So um, do you want to go first or shall I? Um, No, I feel confident in my choice this week. Okay, cool. You go. Okay, cool. I, I feel you're going to have a lot more to say. I have chosen the priest. This one was a really okay. fucking tricky one for me because I didn't like any of the okay. characters, say Leighton Meester. And I say Leighton Meester, not Blair, because Blair was all over the place for me. But Leighton Meester nailed it every single time. So totally on board mm. with that. I chose the priest from the very first scene because Great. I like the idea of a character, he'd be an NPC, of a character that people yeah. go to, like the, the group goes to for advice. And he gets to be a bit snarky. The moral compass. Yeah, the moral compass of being like, okay. maybe you shouldn't burn down the orphanage to get that vampire. Just saying. Look, I, I'm just an NPC. You do you. Yeah, you do you. I'm just throwing that out there. When you do do it anyway, come back and see me and I'll absolve you. All of that stuff. But I will tut-tut you a little bit. Just having that character around occasionally that you can bounce the ridiculous shit that the party comes up with. I like that. So he is my choice. Um, for the, and he's got no okay. relevant, no relevance. He, you know what? He's the the little goblin cheese merchant that the party latched onto, like in session two, and now go back yeah. here. So, what do you think of this dragon situation that we've got going on? It's like I don't fucking know. I'm a cheese merchant. Yeah. It's like, but I'll, I'll give you some advice, but you won't listen, and it won't actually matter because it doesn't come yeah. from any expertise. One thing I have found that party groups really want to do is ask everyone they know like if they've written down somebody's name they want to go back and check and see what they think about everything and be like hey do you want to come with us into the dungeon you know who it is he's galir from uh fantasy high (laughs) yes oh galir so uh that's stats of a normal man ac 10 (laughs) right he's that guy no um plus intelligence one Oh, negative one. Like, I don't oh, know what his actual one, stats one. are, but they are, yeah, but they're, just, they're so, yeah, amazing. Um, everyone, I was going to say, everyone go, well, you know what? You're reaching the end of this podcast. Everyone go watch some Fantasy High after this. Uh, next podcast yeah. won't be out for another week. So, Meek, that is my pick. Who is yours? Great. All right. So, I am my NPC for this week. Again, I've got, sorry, I have got an NPC as well. Uh, and I have gone a bit of an homage NPC, and this is to all the blonde half-elf women called Sarah that I've made up on the spot in my game. And my <laughs> NPC pick is Alison, because she is the NPC you make when you can't think of anything else on the spot. She is the blonde half-elf woman or the brunette half-elf man or <laughs> the, like, scruffy-haired human man that I have no other descriptors for that that someone wants to speak to. And their name is always... Allison, Jane, like John, Greg, Gary, just the beige NPCs that help you fill time as a DM. Because that, you know what? They're not great, but they are necessary. And we all have them. 
That's true. I, I feel that really tracks for Alison. That also explains why she knows nothing about the party. <laughs> because <laughs> she's never actually encountered them before. Despite the fact, wait, aren't you my mother? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, probably you see the DM like furiously here, like flicking of notes. Was I? What, uh, what's, what's your mother's name? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I know yeah, you no, like waffles. I, I just, yeah. Yeah. Because you always order I wrote waffles. down your waffles question mark. Uh, yeah, so this is this is the NPCs, the DMs. This is to say, hey, you know what? Not every side character has to be, you know, your your spurts from Critical Role or your Henry Crabgrasses or your the gentlemen's. You know what? Sometimes your NPC or the Galeers. Yeah, sometimes your NPC is just an Allison. <laughs> That's great. You know, I love boho it. top in her boho family that she doesn't really know anything about and really doesn't add a lot to. Sometimes, sometimes NPCs are just wallpaper. It's it's yeah. great. So that that is all for this week. Uh, join us next week when we talk about the episode uh, Blair Waldorf Must Pie, uh, season mm. uh, season one, episode nine of Gossip World two thousand and seven. You can find mm-hmm. us on well, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram uh, at dndntvpod. If you check it at gmail.com on the end of that, you can reach an e- uh, the email address as well. Uh, Meek, where can people find you online? Uh, if people would like to at me about Americans who answer each other's landlines, they can find yeah. me at blushing underscore bards. And then they can also explain to me why they don't have angels over there because that also bewilders me. Wait, what, they don't have what over there? Teapot, angels? They don't what? own kettles, electric kettles. Oh, yeah, yeah, kettles. yeah. Kettles. That's, I, I knew it was something to do with tea, but yeah. Hmm. You just chuck it in the microwave. It's, it's all good. It's the same, oh. same thing. Uh, if you would like us to leave us a review, uh, please do so on Spotify or podcast or podcast on podcast catcher, wherever podcast catchers are, you find Apple podcast is probably the best place. Uh, five star review. Maybe you could give your recipe if you're an American for tea and how you use them in the microwave. That would be great. Uh, I don't drink tea, so I don't know why this is important. <laughs> But I would also like to say thank you so much for listening. Uh, We do really appreciate it. So until next time, be kind to yourself, stay safe, and may all your hits be crits.